Welcome, everyone, to episode 119 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. We got the whole gang here. We got Kelsey, we got Chris, we got Bill. It's so good to be back. How are you guys doing? What's going on in uh, your neck of the woods, Chris? Uh, I'm doing well since I think our last recording. Uh, I finally got the Rona, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it was my turn. I had to, it was kind of like. Uh, I had to laugh a little bit because, uh, like, literally right after I got it, like, that news came out, like, oh, we're declaring that the pandemic is over. And I'm like, really? I almost made it. <laughs> like, I almost made it the whole stinking way without getting this. And then right at the end, of course. But no, I was fine. I was sick, you know, like a week. or but It really wasn't even that yeah. sick. It was pretty mild. You know, I've had, like, a gajillion, um, you know, vaccinations and everything, so... It was minor, but it was my turn. So, uh, yep. and you know, it was like it was me and one of my kids, and that was it. Like nobody else in my house got it. I don't know how, but yep. You know, it's funny. Like so, when we when we got it for the first time, uh, it was saying there was like a year. It was like right before we were like planning on going to Florida, I think. And so we're like, well, this is like the best time to get it because by the time we're done with it, we'll like you know kind of be have those antibodies for like uh, like while we're in Disney, but like. It was like a year in, and we're like, "Oh, we almost made it," thinking that it was almost <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, if you only but knew. that was exactly that was not the case. Um, so yeah, no, glad to have you back. Uh, you, you sound great. You look terrific, and uh, we're just glad that you're feeling better. And uh, Kelsey, what's going on up there? Oh, just just busy uh, taking some courses in the evening and uh, trying to get this pinball thing up and running, and final touches on the book stuff. So I haven't had much free time lately either. Just uh, working on my one of my four jobs at the moment. <laughs> I, okay, I know you don't know it because you're too young, but Google like the Jamaican job thing from like in Living Color in the '90s and have a good laugh. Yeah. It's like always like, oh, he only got five job, man. You know, and that's <laughs> every time like when you miss this, I think of you. Yeah. I can see it, and it, like Damon Wayans and like the daughters like dating a new guy is like, well, how many jobs does he have? He has one. He has one job. Just one, one job. job. Man. <laughs> Just one job. <laughs> I got five jobs on Thursday. It says so, so Kelsey, yeah. look it up. Have a laugh. That's right. what I think of every time you mention this stuff. That'll, that'll yeah. be my homework. That'll yeah. be another it's, job it's to funny, add to like, my list. Yeah, I've I've said this probably here. I apologize if I'm repeating it, but when I had one kid. I, it took a little time to kind of get into a rhythm, but I found free time, you know, to play games, to do other things when I had, and I've heard people say like, Oh, like now with two kids, like I, I can't find that time when I had two kids took a little longer to find that rhythm, but like with a good system, like you can find that time for, and then for, with three kids, I'm telling you, I had, like, I had that free time there. There was like some magical, you know, thing where it was just working out and it was great. Now that that third kid's a little bit older and there's additional, you know, things besides just like watching that child crawl around the room, there's like more things going on to it. Now is officially the time when I have to really, really, really strategize and schedule and plan to, to get those, uh, those tasks in those hobbies, those, uh, you know, if I decide to ever do a side hustle again, which I'm not like super keen on, but like, I would really have to have to make it work but uh, uh hats off to the guys who can do it um and i know that people with kids that are older say yeah like as they get older it'll get easier they they become more independent and stuff uh, so my my youngest is now nine and i will tell you my time is starting to come back a little bit 
So <laughs> if that gives shines any light, you know, and uh, in, in the distance for you, there you go. Yeah. In in 2030, I'm going to be a new man. <laughs> you mean no no hair up top, but I'm going to have uh, man. I'm going to have be practicing guitar. You know, eight eight in the morning. It's going to be awesome. There you go. Only so uh, right around the corner. <laughs> yep. So uh, just so I told these guys already. Just want to give the listeners a heads up. Uh, I am uh, flying solo tonight. My wife is traveling, so I've got my my camera on my uh, kids' uh, uh, bedroom up here. So. If, if uh, you just don't hear me as part of the conversation for a little bit, and then I just reappear, that's the magic of Kelsey's brilliant editing. Um, so uh, just they'll, they'll a fair never know you're that. gone. I'm not good. <laughs> exactly. You'll just be doing I'll impressions. Just, no, I'll be editing <laughs> pieces from old shows in to like fill in the conversation. <laughs> I'll just go destiny, 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 yeah. destiny. Yeah. And here, I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a, a few right here. Oh no way! Ah. <laughs> oh cool so you can just use Perfect. you know those you'll, wherever you'll, you need we're to gonna use chat yeah. gpt to write your script and then, <laughs> yeah. you know? dude someone like no joke i <laughs> like i've heard a lot about it i haven't really like put any like actual effort into it i we were, were not an audit but like we had to provide some information to our attorneys like for this request that they had that came in from someone and uh, uh just standard stuff and um so they wanted uh uh, a schema which for people who don't know it's just like a document that like tells like how does a thing work like so um we went to this software company we use out of the box software with customizations and we're like hey can you get us like just a write-up of what your software does what your company's about like you know the the database schema that kind of thing and he sent me an email back and he's like hey um, I just like asked chat GTP to describe our company here's the output <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you want me to send this AI response <laughs> from a chat bot to our attorneys to like this official legal uh, request that came in. I think I'm just going to go ahead and write it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the only time uh, I plan on mentioning uh, AI uh, chat bots uh, on this show. So um, why don't we go ahead and uh, since uh, Chris is uh, feeling so good and healthy and back in the saddle, we'll let him start uh, with telling us what he's been up to, what he's been playing, how much destiny uh, has he gotten to since the new season came out, all that kind of stuff. I have fragged so many dudes in <laughs> destiny. <laughs> I'm sure those are words Set that nobody uses anymore. <laughs> When, when I think of you and Frag being a Star Trek guy, I think of the that uh, Elite Forces game. Oh, yeah. uh, set your phasers to Frag. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously, like, with COVID, I had, like, this week, week and a half of, like, I had to isolate myself uh, to try to keep from spreading it. But whatever the deal was, I, it didn't seem to matter. Like, you know, like, my youngest and my wife, I don't know. They were just impervious, so maybe their antibodies were on overdrive or whatever. Maybe they got it and just had no symptoms. Who knows? But anyway, I had like, and I was stuck in my room. Not much to do. So they're like, you can consider that time. I don't really have anything to talk about that time other than I sat in my room and worked. So um, if it sounds light on <laughs> what I've been doing from there, that's that's part of it. Um, gaming wise. I know we haven't talked since uh, it happened, but the the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, uh, I've got, got the disc version in, whenever that was. And so 
you know, slapped that in and installed it. And I'm like, okay, I've, you know, I've been saying I've been waiting for this to come down the pike so I can start playing these things again. And so I've had time to go through Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, and then I am almost done with Final Fantasy 3. And just a little quick commentary, because I, I know, Kelsey, you've got this, you've got, <laughs> got it comes. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, in a future show. So I won't spend forever on it. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more. Well, but, it might be, I don't know, mine hasn't even shipped yet, and I ordered it in April. Uh, so we'll see if I get mine this year. I'm just kind of yeah. c- considering it like a limited run thing. Like, ah, it'll show up, it'll be a happy surprise somewhere down the road. There you go. Well, and these games are not real complicated. So, you know, if you want to talk more about it, when it takes show up, obviously, it's not like there's a deep plot I'm going to have to go back and try to put together. Um, Final Fantasy One is still a very solid game. Um, I, it's short. It's very straightforward for a JRPG. I mean, no frills. Uh, but it's solid. It's, it works its way all the way through. You know exactly what you need to do. It's not ambiguous about where you need to go. And I enjoyed my time with it. I, hey, I have I mean, a question. It, yeah. When, when you use the speed up stuff, does it speed up yes. the music or does the music stay no. at the regular pace? It doesn't speed up the game. It you What you can choose... Okay, I, I guess I should slightly alter what I'm saying there. <clears throat> There's a couple different things you can do. Let me break them up real quick. I almost been okay. forever. There's boost. Boost is multiply your gill or your XP or whatever, right? Right. And you can choose how much you want to boost it, up or down. You can mul- and it's just a multiplier. So you can go zero, one, uh, two. I think there's like two point five, three, and four is the max. So again, you could even use it for a challenge run and get zero XP if you wanted to, if you want to make it harder. <laughs> but that's boost. And then there's auto battle and auto battle. And I know you haven't played Bravely Default, so it'd be easier if I, I could tell I, you that. I've played but, a little bit of it. Okay, if you remember Bravely Default, had this mode where you could like hit the button, and like the battle itself would move faster, and they would just kind of auto do whatever you had them do the last time. Vaguely, yeah. That's what this is. So it just remembers your last set of inputs that you picked for your party, and it just execute those, and it executes the whole battle flow. Slightly faster. I'd probably say like 25% faster, but it has no impact on the music or anything else. Okay. It's just how fast your characters move and, and the output and everything that happens there. Very nice. So, for a lot of like just slog through battles, you know, that's what you use. Um, and obviously the ones that are a little more challenging, you stop and you kind of pick your, your things or whatever the case is. Um, but it makes... It, it makes it pretty easy, and you can toggle your encounters on and off at any point in time, right? It's just a button press, and so if you just want to go through this and don't want to fight anybody, knock your socks out. You can do it. Who cares? Um, I didn't. I never really needed to ever do that, though, um, because I was using the boost multipliers. You know, time is my time, so I'm, I've played the games before. I'm not going to grind, uh, essentially. So I've been cranking it like four times boost on these things. I will tell you, even at four times boost, does it make it easy? I mean, yeah, it's easier. But, I mean, it's not, like, stupid easy. It's not, like, brainless at that point in time uh, when you get to bosses. Um, Just the odds are you're probably not going to wipe, you know. Um, So Final Fantasy 1, still really good. Held together. Like, the story makes good sense. I enjoyed all of it. There's a couple weird things about it, like the slide puzzle and stuff that you're like, 
what the my, heck? But one of my friends is playing that. A couple friends right now playing it. But I went to the swimming pool, and his daughter's there. And I haven't seen her in six months or something. So she kind of she's like, oh, this person's familiar. She's like, Dad, do we know him? She's like, yes, Kelsey used to have the game store. And she's like, oh, good. She's like, do you know Garland? Uh, and he becomes chaos. And I, and this girl's like seven or eight. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, that's like, it's crazy. His yeah. kids are really oh, into it. Someone has yeah. been playing. Yeah. It's still a good game. And the graphics basically bring it up to like a 16-bit level. Uh, and it's really, really well done. It's a good game. So, and, you know, even if you want to be like a completionist in that thing, Maybe like seven hours, eight hours, somewhere around there, if you boost with everything. So, very respectful of your time. Final Fantasy II is a mess. And <laughs> I, even with like all the boosts and everything turned on, it's just still, it's just a mess. So, I'm, I'm hearing this from you constantly in our chat. And my friend that I meet with on Sundays, he's been going through all the games too. And a huge yeah. Final Fantasy fan. He knows them all like inside and out. He loves two. He loves two more than five and six. He adores that game. So it's really cool to hear these like very opposite. Okay, so I have to explain like... to our listeners that that pot is legal in Canada. So uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, no, I okay. I just I have to disagree. It's not a good game. It doesn't do a very good job in a lot of cases of steering you very well about where to go and you it gatekeeps where you should and shouldn't go a lot of times just by enemy strength but if you're smart enough about it you can still get around that and so it i mean it kind of gives you a hint like oh well you guys are really strong i probably shouldn't be here but sometimes in the areas you're going it's a little hard like they're kind of hard so sometimes you're like i don't i don't know am i supposed to be here right now or not Eventually, I just went to a guy because I'm like, I'm not enjoying myself. Um, I just want to get through this game. It's a mess. That, that's tried. the point at which that's the point at which I look at guys as well. Like I'm all for figuring it out. And then if I'm like, you know what? I'm not having a good time. I try to push like a little bit more like, you know, but like really after like a few minutes, I'm like, OK, like like you said before, like my time's my time. Mm-hmm. I'm playing to have fun. Let me. Do, and then sometimes I, I'm like, oh, I should have I should have seen that. And it puts you in like a better mindset for like maybe the next puzzle because you're kind of like in that frame of mind. But more often than not, I'm like, that's dumb. I never would have figured that out. <laughs> keep Let's keep going. Yeah. I mean, there's things like, oh, well, you have to talk to this person and you have to go back and talk to them because this game is all about these keywords that you get. And these keywords will unlock different things in conversations with people that then allows you to progress. But sometimes you're like, I don't. I didn't, how would I know I need to go talk to this person again later to get this keyword that allows me, there's times I'd be walking around like, what, what the heck am I supposed to do? I can't go anywhere. I don't, and then you realize like, oh, you need to go back and talk to so-and-so that you talked to before. And then now he'll give you a new keyword. And I'm like, how the heck would I know that? Right. There's (laughs) nothing to guide me in that direction. So yeah, use a guide if you want to play. I think it's interesting. The last area and the last boss is really pretty cool so i'll give it that and the music of course since it's all redone if you use the orchestra music is beautiful so if nothing else some beautiful music that's there but like characters come and go like it's weird you got like three party members that you're pretty much stuck with right and they're like characters and then like the fourth slot switches out like there's nobody's business i mean like you're almost constantly swapping out 
So at the end, you get these, your three guys like ridiculously strong and you keep getting this like new character thrown all the time. That's like an idiot that dies like every five seconds. And you're like, what the heck? It doesn't scale them to your guys and where you're going. They just start out like next to nothing. And so like I, my guys have like nine, nine, nine hit points. I get this new guy and he's like 500 hit points. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Like it just every like one hit dead. And the leveling system is you have to do things to level it. So, like, to get more HP, you have to take damage. Well, if you just die with every hit, you'll never gain more. Uh, So they have this mechanism that you can turn on where you're guaranteed to get more HP after every so many battles. And so I would say get turn that on. Just do yourself a favor. Turn that on. Anyway, it's... It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's a mess. But anyway, um, I can say I've played it. I can say I beat it. I feel okay with that. I'm good. Uh, I'll probably never want to go back to that game ever again. Final Fantasy 3 is back to like Final Fantasy 1. It's good. It's a good game. I know where I'm supposed to go at all times. It's very good about directing me. I never have any questions. It's very like, oh, you know right away. Like, oh, I have this thing now. Oh, hey, I should go over it. I can do this thing now. I mean, it's all very obvious, but not to the point where it reveals itself. Like before, you're always like, how am I going to get over there? And you don't really know, but like later on this thing, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like Metroid sometimes, right? You're like, you don't know how you're going to get to a place, but as soon as you get the thing that will let you go there, you're like, ah, oh, that's going to let me go back there. <laughs> and you kind of feel smart and you go do the thing. And it's got a lot of job. The only downside is like, it's the first time they did the job system. So, like, it's throwing jobs at you all the time, but it doesn't really have any big payoff for maxing out a job other than that job gets stronger. It's kind of weird because, like, okay, so, like, one of my characters, I got him to, like, a thief that was really high, right? And, like, doing really good damage and everything else. And then, I like, I get some better jobs later on. Like, well, I mean... Yeah, if I build it up like crazy, it will do more damage than this thief is doing right now, but it will take so long to build them up to where that's going to happen. Or I could just keep using this thief job. So it kind of has a little bit of that. Sometimes it's like... In in Final Fantasy V, the, the jobs have different commands, and like if you master a job, you get it all the way up, you can then use that command in other places, right? And that's the incentive for doing it. This game doesn't have that yet. Still, it's really good. So that's enough of that. I'm about to finish that one up. I'm enjoying Final Fantasy 3. I may take a break before I go back to 4 and do the 16-bit ones, but we'll see. Yep. So is this the the first time for any of these for you? Um, I had played Final Fantasy 1 several times, um, Mm -hmm. like the GBA version. And I had played Final Fantasy 2. I don't know if I beat it, but I played quite a bit of it back on the GBA and the Donna Souls Mm -hmm. version. Um, mm. uh, this is my first time playing through Final Fantasy 3. Okay. Uh, besides, I, like, I played a little bit of the DS version and I didn't like I it. I was going to say, yeah, I remember that when the DS one came out, I was working at Best Buy and I, I just heard mixed things from people who worked there, so I didn't even kind of bother with it. Yeah, I've got it. I played a little bit of it, but it's like DS didn't do, it's like PlayStation graphics, basically. Mm. And it adds a lot of cutscene stuff that you don't really need. Mm. Anyway, yeah. 
Um, other than that, watching some things, um, a lot of garbage TV, which I won't spend a lot of time going on. I watch a lot of like reality cooking shows. Don't ask me why, because they're easy to watch with the family is the reason. You said, don't ask you why. And then you told us why. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, sorry. My, uh, one of my in-laws visit, like it's the same thing. Like, okay, what can everybody watch? Right. And my, my sister-in-law always puts on the great British bake off. It doesn't matter who's there. It's just easy to have that on and everyone's got a smile and you're like, oh, that looks delicious. Oh, that doesn't look delicious. And that's your evening. (laughs) Everybody knows food and Mm -hmm. it's kid friendly and you know, it's fine. So anyway, but movie wise, uh, HBO Max has changed to just Max now. What? Yes. (laughs) Just Max. So, so, so they just changed the name of the app, right? You don't have to re-download a whole new app. No, no, no. Why would it make that easy? Now it's just Max. (laughs) Yeah, I'd uh, it that. was. It, this was like the most ridiculous changeover in history. Like, oh, hey, do us a favor, download a new app. Okay, I guess I'll just delete this old one forever. Hey, do us a favor and log in. But I was okay. I mean, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> oh, none of the stuff that we told you was going to be there is actually there. Come back in a few days when it might be there. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that though. But like, remember HBO Go? Like they already did this yeah. once before. Yeah, <laughs> go. Yeah, that's right. Go became okay. Why are we changing the name? <laughs> oh, just cause. Cause it's Max. It's HBO Max now, and and no, now it's just Max. And I was thinking, also, I'm like, wait a minute. I also feel like they've known that this was happening for like people were talking about this like a year ago. Oh, like, yeah. oh, it's gonna be Max like next year, and they couldn't figure it out. And then I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, isn't Cinemax a thing? But Cinemax is not this, right? So, I don't know. Anyway, well, I've been watching some Max. and yeah. uh, Silk uh, stockings? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Max Headroom. Uh, and <laughs> I, I watched the new Shazam movie. Uh, I can't remember what the subtitle is. It's just new Shazam Theory movie. Theory of the Gods? Does that sound right? Sounds right. Sounds right. Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, and who knows young girl. I don't know who she is. Um, not Sendaya. Uh, so you know, it, it kind of the other me. one. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of her, but it's not Zendaya. So I was going to call her not Zendaya. Um, it's it was a really fun movie. It's a fun. That's what those movies give me. Like I'm not yeah. here to see uh, like uh, Scorsese or something. I'm just I want to laugh and enjoy myself and have a fun time. And that's exactly what that movie delivered. So I was really happy Ooh. with it, and I enjoyed it. I mean. The plot was a bit silly in places, but again, it's like a show about a bunch of dumb kids with superpowers. You kind of expect the plot to be a bit silly in places. So I think it does a really good job of just delivering what it sets out to deliver. I didn't really find that there were any flat parts to it. I just had a fun time, and it's exactly what I wanted out of Shazam movie. So and I think you guys have probably already seen this one. Is that right? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. I, I have not. I've heard good things about the first movie. I have personal issues with Zachary Levi that caused oh. me to not want to look at him. I don't I don't so, know anything about his personal life. So. so yeah, so that's that's just me. Um and, and I hope that's not uh you know, that's no reflection on anyone else who wants to watch it. Yeah, I sure. just I, I can't bring myself to to watch that. But I've heard good things about the first one. First one's great. Yeah. 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 This one if you like the first one, I think you like this one too. It, it, it's just Let's deliver you another helping of Shazam. Um, the other kids get a little more time in this one, mm. you know, uh, than they did in the first one. 
and um, and then you know like how do you not you know you, you can't not like Helen Mirren. Uh, I I love Helen Mirren, of and I love Lucy, and I love Lucy yeah, Liu sure. as well. Yeah. She does a great job, yeah. and, and not Zendaya and is good too. And I'm just looking at the cast here. I didn't realize Adam Brody was still active out in the Hollywood yeah, land. He was in the first one. Um, yeah. So that's I didn't realize because I, I I haven't honestly thought about him since the OC, which I really liked him in. So uh, I guess he's he plays Frederick. Freddie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fun flick. I would encourage people to go check it out uh, on Max. Cool. <laughs> on Max. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> now in a slightly different purple. That's right. Um, <laughs> and then I uh, watched Ant-Man Quantumania on Disney+, Plus, not Max. Um, we, we started this one. What'd you think? Uh, I'm not as, not as keen on Quantumania. It's... Um, It has a couple good parts. It's <laughs> kind of flat for the most part. It's not bad. Right. It's just right. not doesn't didn't wow me either. We're yeah, we're halfway through. Um, so I, I you know, I, I not that you were going to spoil it, but we're halfway through. We're going to finish it when Sarah's back in town. The boys are cool with it. We're like, oh, this is fun so far. Um, the thing that sticks out to me so much about it is like, n- like almost none of the writing is good. Like almost every line is like. Like, like it's very rigid. It's like people don't talk this way. It's like it, it really pulls me out of it. And, and the thing uh, with like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is always like, like I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> they yeah. got that going for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like, come, really? And, and then and then she's like, I don't have time to tell you. And then they slowly walk through like a weird jungle for like two or four hours. It's like you don't like. You don't have like 10 seconds to like say like, oh, like real quick, this is what happened. I'll tell you more later. Right. Like that went on forever. The cameo was kind of cool with the guy who has my initials. I Um, actually like that. did not like that cameo. I was very really unsatisfied with that one. Yeah. Okay. I felt like it was wasted. I think I think they were going for the same type of hit that they got in Ragnarok um, with uh, uh, with Goldie. and uh, yeah, it didn't hit like that, but like it, it popped up and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it was short lived. Like they didn't like, you know, like milk it for very long. But like, yeah, Michael Douglas's character, like for such a smart guy, he's surprised at everything that happens. He's like, what? And like every. Yeah. So and then I was I knew of Modoc, um, but I didn't really have any. <laughs> any other frame of reference besides kind of what he looks like in drawing form and like what the name stands for. So I don't know if that, (laughs) if the character who is him has been him before, or if this is a change or whatever, but, and then, but my kids kept looking, they're like, why does his face look like that? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) When uh, they had that scene where it was like, uh, you know, like Darth Vader and his egg getting put together, but it's like Modoc and his bare butt, like getting pulling out of the goop. Yeah. my kids yep. were all about that scene for a while <laughs> yeah so uh and and i gotta say um i don't know if he's been pulled from the franchise yet but um uh i think the kang character is very solid um he's he's uh, uh performed very well again i didn't have a lot of frame of reference for him well, you watched Loki, uh, before right? we got here right but but like so i knew i'd seen him perform before and like the kind of who he was like towards the end of loki 
he seems like a different character than what he is here. He, he seems more desperate. He, he seems more he's a variant of him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, cause he was, he was very much, he was almost like a trickster type in Loki where he's just pulling strings and like for fun or whatever. And now here he's very serious. He's very desperate. Uh, he's very, very dangerous. So he like, cause for the longest time I'm like, how are they going to have like a Thanos level villain that you're like terrified of, you know, what he can do. And this is like the first time there's like a glimmer of that. I don't know what the Kang dynasty is in the terms of the comics or the story. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like the one piece like so far that's like, okay, like they're, they're setting up this version of the villain that we haven't, you know, really seen a whole lot of yet, but I, I really don't like the infighting between Scott and his daughter. Cause that's one of my favorite parts of uh Endgame. Uh, is like him and his daughter and Ant-Man in general, him and his daughter. Uh, and I know it's one of those things, oh, you know, the teenagers and like they get a little older and stuff like that. I just really don't like it. So uh, that's, we'll, we'll finish it. But that that's what I've kind of heard about Ant-Man is that it's a little flat for like a lot of different reasons. I kind of feel like this movie exists only to bring Kang into the milieu of the rest of the movies we're going to see. Right, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. really just like, oh, here's Kang, and now you're gonna see more Kang. Um, but I, you know, I think the rest of the movie is pretty throwaway. I mean, if you ask me, you'll see at the. I mean, you'll uh, we'll talk more once you've seen the ending. But I don't think anything's gonna reach out and make you go, oh my god. Right, I, I, there's not really any of those moments here. The Modoc's last line in the movie sticks with me. I love it. It's it's one of my favorite funny moments in like the whole MCU. I love it. Is it the last line of the film? No, no. It's oh, just okay. Modoc's last line. Yeah. Before the film. Gotcha. Ends. Gotcha. But, Cause I was thinking one of my favorite last lines to end a film ever is Ant-Man one. Um, where like, he just says, he said, yes. Yeah. And then like the movie ends. That was great. So I was, I thought you meant like that. Like no, Modoc says that, something in the movie. Ends. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but to juxtapose the two movies I'm talking about here, though, like Shazam, you know how Ant-Man has been kind of a lighthearted, kind of funny film? Mm-hmm. Shazam Ant- out Ant-Man's Ant-Man. Like, if mm-hmm. you watch the two films close to each other, you're like, okay, Shazam right. is a much funnier and lighthearted show. Right. And even, like, the trademark after credit scene, the one mm-hmm. in Shazam is really good. And the one mm-hmm. in Ant-Man... Sets up the next movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, so, it yeah. does, but so so to clarify, Shazam Fury out Ant Man's Quantumania. Yes, but but does it out Ant Man? Ant Man. I think I would. I mean, to put me, it right there in comedic level. Yeah, I would yeah. put both of them. Cool, because awesome. I they're different, very different characters. But mm-hmm. Shazam again, it's just a silly teenage boy. That suddenly his humor is when he's Shazam, he's a big burly man, but he doesn't know how to be a big burly superhero man. So he's like trying to <laughs> pretend like, oh, yeah, look at me. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the joke. And uh, I think some to some degree, some of that's Ant-Man too. Like, right. Like, I'm not really a superhero, but look at me. I'm a superhero. And yeah, like, yeah. How do I how and did I get here? You know, sort of thing. And it's such a and like honestly, it's such a perfect casting for Paul Rudd because that's like who he's always been, like whether it's just him or like in his roles. So 
I just think it's it's one of like people talk about how great a casting Robert Downey is. Um, I would say Paul Rudd as Ant Man is as good a casting as they've done. Yeah, and with good writing, I think yeah, spot on. And like the first part of the movie where he has like going down the street, and everybody's <laughs> doing the thing. That was good. Yeah. Like that was yeah. kind of funny. Um, I enjoyed that, but. Yeah, like you said, like the rest of I it like just kind of falls apart. I like that they, I like they brought the Baskin Robbins boss back, <laughs> <laughs> and the dude from, um, the dude from I think you should leave. I don't know if you guys watched that show on Netflix, no. the Tim Robinson show, but there's there's a cameo from a guy who's on that Tim Robinson show, and I like lost him when I saw him. I was like, dude, it's it's from I think you should leave, and my wife's like. She, it's one of those shows that I show her, and she's like, I don't know why you like this, because <laughs> it's very, very offbeat, out there humor. Maybe I'll, I'll share some, uh, some clips in the Discord one of these days. See who's into it. Sounds good. And then the last new thing that's come to streaming is the D and D movie, which is on yet another streaming service, Paramount Plus. Um, but yeah, we're we're watching it tomorrow. I okay. can't wait. Yeah, I'm I've not going to spoil things. anything. It's yeah. a fun. It's a really fun movie. And it'll be a fun movie with the kids. You're going to enjoy watching it with the kids. I've Um, seen one scene and I can't wait for the kids to see it because I think they're going to lose their mind over it when the spell is like wearing off. uh, uh, When he's like trying to decoy the guards, like I know they're going to lose it because just the silliness of like uh, what that looks like. So. Uh, and I've seen that we've seen that one joke where they get five questions to ask like the dead soldier. Like, so if that's the humor we can look forward yes, to, I is. cannot wait. It is, yeah. It's very, it's a lot of that. It, it knows not to take itself too seriously. Hmm. Um, it's the, the characters are, they're well acted. They're well written. Hmm. Um, you know, besides Chris Pine, who, you know, I didn't really know the other actors, and actresses, okay. but they didn't know Michelle Rodriguez. Wasn't she in there? Yep, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay, it was that the 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 warrior lady. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's uh, in the Fast and Furious movies. Um, uh, have you seen Detective Pikachu? No. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's no, fun. It's, it's, I'm it's, too um, old for Pokemon. You're not too old for Pokemon, Chris. I am. You're, you're not. okay. You're invited. Yeah. <laughs> I am. You're if, not. If they you're let not. if they let me in, I'll get you yeah. like a friend and family pass to to come with. But yeah, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, I think most people would recognize from Fast and Furious. She's been in a handful of other okay. things. She was good, really good um, in this. So yeah, I mean, she's solid. I enjoyed it. Um, and then like the the wizard guy, never saw him before in my life. Um, mm. And then uh, the shapeshifter girl, and you'll see. Him. But again, they do a great job. The, and I think it's the writing is really well done. It's fun. It moves very fast. It has enough silly jokes in there that kids will have fun with it. I think adults can enjoy it. And yeah, and it's Dungeons and Dragons. I think it adheres enough to a, a lot of the things that if you know a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, they're going there. Oh, and it's here. And some of that you'll get, kids won't, but they won't care, right? It won't mm. matter to right. them. Um, it rounds itself up very nice. I well, I hope I heard it did very well, so I'm going to hope we get another one. And uh, it was just a fun time. And they do a fun throwback to the old 80s cartoon, which was for me. That's hit, cool. hit, the, yeah. hit the right spot when I'm like, oh, that's for me. And uh, yeah, no, it was a great time. Oh, Sophie, Sophia Lillis is in it. I I really, really love her in it. And I was wondering when we'd see her again. So that's, yeah, that's very cool. 
So I'll look. We'll, we'll hear more after you've seen it. But I really enjoyed. I'm Kelsey. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. My son wants to see it. Uh, we don't have anything that's streaming on up here though, so I don't know when we'll get to watch it. Okay. And then the last thing I'm going to leave off. I didn't really get to watch it, but uh, I bought the Super Mario movie so my kids could watch it. Um, I actually did that tonight because I, I would. T- I kept telling them, I'm going to take oh, them. Oh, I'm going to take them. Available yeah, it's on. Wow. It's available digitally. Um, so I kept telling them like, Hey, I'm going to take them. And then, well, then I got COVID, right? So I couldn't go take them. And then, um, it's just been like their weekends have been packed and busy. So like today, uh, they went to a birthday party. I'm like, well, if you get back in time, we can go see the movie today. And they didn't get back until later. And so I'm like, okay, here, here's the deal guys. I, I can just buy it digitally. You can watch it here and you can watch it whenever you want. Or, um, I'll take you to the movies tomorrow. If you want to go watch it tomorrow, because about the same price, right? Um, it was like 30 bucks to buy it digitally. And, right. and they're like, oh, I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> so I got to watch a little bit of it, but then I had to run to the store for my wife and I didn't get to catch it. So I'm going to watch, I'll probably, you know, I'll catch it. I'm sure it'll be on several times. But like, I, I got to catch like the first few minutes uh, where they're doing like the Super Mario rap and, and all that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I actually wanted to talk about something real quick about the first yeah. like five minutes of the movie. Uh, yeah, I saw so, that. One of the things I've been doing lately uh, with my volunteer work with the crisis center is going to schools uh, with kids like grade five to seven, talking about like mental health and stuff. Um, but we went to this school recently and the kids were all playing this like interactive like Mario thing on those projected onto the wall. And it was just like for them to like burn some energy before they were going to sit down and like pay attention for a bit. And so I was talking to them. I'm like, what was just happening? Like, I've never seen a classroom do that before. And they're, they're telling me about it. And they're, and the one kid's like, everyone in this class has a Mario name. We don't go by our normal names anymore. So he's like, I'm Donkey Kong. He's like, there's Wario. We got Rosalina over there. And he's like, tell me everyone's name. And I was like, I'm really jealous. I would like a Mario name. Can you guys give me a Mario name? And he's like, yeah. And so they, they all like huddled up and they're like, shh, 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 shh. And they're like, you're definitely uh, either Funky Kong or Spike uh, from the start of the Mario movie. So I think <laughs> they wrecking crew. Yeah, there so I think go. they've landed on Spike for me, which is pretty sweet. I'm sure those kids like have that. no idea what the heck Wrecking Crew is, but you know. But I do, so I'm happy. There with you that. go. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you're so what you're asking is who who do we want as our Mario names? Right. All right, Chris, what are you thinking? I want to be Waluigi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just so you can... Yeah. But just, <laughs> that's a fun Pokemon, sound to make. Wah. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. You'd be like out at Lowe's. That's way too much for screws. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm taking the music angle. I'm going Ludwig von Koopa. Oh. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. But yeah, that's that's all I got for now. That's all for me. So Cool. So uh, uh, let's move it right on over to Kelsey and uh, see what he's been uh, playing and watching and listening to up there. Right. I'll, I'll start with movies since we're just doing movies. Uh, I watched Demolition Man, which I've been wanting to watch forever. And I've just never a fun movie. come across a copy. And then it was like in the $5 Blu-ray bin at Walmart one day. So I was super excited about that. Big, big question. Yeah. What was the restaurant in your version? Taco Bell. It was Taco Bell. Okay. There's different versions. You know, versions? There's, there's there's multiple versions of this. Yeah, you didn't know this? No. 
Next time you watch the movie, watch the watch their mouths when they say the name of the restaurant, because it's 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 uh, uh it's Taco Bell in uh, every version I've ever seen. Yeah. But in other parts of the world where like they don't have Taco Bell or it's not a big deal, it's Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut is global. Oh wow! So like do so like next time you're watching it, like mute the the TV and you see them say like Pizza Hut. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I did not. And know there's that. there and there's doves too. Like do a YouTube search, be like oh Demolition Man Pizza Hut, and there's like a super cut of all the time they mention, <laughs> and yeah. So it's it's I didn't know in Canada if it was Pizza Hut or Taco Bell, but yeah, it's uh, still Taco Bell. We got Taco Bell up here. Fun. Yeah, nice. It's our our finest restaurant. You need the it's, three. It's a fun, you it's need a, the three seashells every time you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, you do. Right away. Yeah. You 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 might need a fourth seashell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was really fun, and like we kept constantly seeing people we're like I didn't know they were in this movie. Uh, like Jack Black was in it for all of like ten seconds, and uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, what's his name? Deuce Bigelow. Uh, yeah, Rob Schneider was in there. Rob yeah. Schneider's Schneider, in it. Yeah. yeah, Stallone's in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. He was actually really funny. I was surprised because like he they had him yeah. do a lot of stupid things, and he did them so deadpan perfect. When he's like, yeah. just realizing they've like implanted like knitting skills into him, and he's like kind of ashamed about it but also kind of proud that he can do it at the same time <laughs> yeah he's like watching the news he's like rolling yeah. the arm like around his arm and stuff yeah really and then good. um uh who else it was a i forget the actor's name but the, i always recognize him as a uh, otho from beetlejuice oh yeah um is, uh is yeah in, one uh, of the people i was watching with uh, recognized him right away yeah yeah, yeah. He passed away yeah, a it's a fun ago. movie yeah not too long ago mm-hmm so that was a fun yeah, demolition time. man's a lot of fun a um, lot of fun and then i watched the new guardians of the galaxy movie in the theater with my family nice and it was awesome it is it's one of my favorite mcu movies it was fantastic i heard that there's like a tearjerker in places though. yeah my my daughter too, typically yeah. comes to the marvel shows with us and more or less she's just there for the spectacle she doesn't care doesn't really get into them with a couple exceptions, like she likes Spider-Man and Captain Marvel. Like those are the two that keep her attention a little more. Uh, but this one, she kept leaning over to me and like asking me questions. And I was like, I can't leave that question hanging. Like there's some heavy stuff here. Like I got to talk to her about this like mid movie and like make sure she's okay. And she, she leaned over as soon as it was over and she's like, dad, she's like, I cried a little bit, but it was really good. And I, I like how it ended and I was happy with it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, a little heavier, but it still had the like goofy humor throughout. But like, they paced it a lot better than like Thor has been. Like, where it's just joke, 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 joke. Like they 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 let the heavy mm-hmm. moments like have their moment and uh, come to a conclusion, and then you know let's lighten the mood a little bit before we move mm-hmm. on, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. I I loved it. I can't wait to watch it again when it comes out on video. Awesome. Yeah, we were we were gonna go, and I forget, you know, like some like the weekends got busy or like something happened. But uh, but yeah, if we can find a chance to sneak to the theater, we will. But otherwise, yeah, we'll just do the Disney Plus thing when it shows up for sure. Um, I'm you know I don't want to know any spoilers or anything, but <clears throat> I'm just saying I am really curious to see how. Obviously, this is the last of their movies. I'm really curious to see how they wrap that up uh, and have it have 
a rationale for why we wouldn't see them I, again. I don't so, think it's the last of their movies. I think it's the last of this core group of Guardians. There will be more Guardians movies, but it might be uh, not the whole same team kind of thing. I got you. Well, which is kind of... Like, like you know how there's multiple like, Avengers yeah, movies yeah. and they all have different Avengers in them? Just like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, cool. Um, the same people that I was watching Demolition Man with, uh, we've, we've kind of like get together once a month, watch a movie like that and then play a PlayStation game. And so we finished, uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, a couple months ago and we've started Castlevania Symphony of the Night because he's never played that one. Um, so we have a question. I'm curious though, with that recent announcement of the Metal Gear Solid collection thing, uh-huh. Do you, now that you've played the first one, do you, get, do you think you'll play the others? I didn't like it. I, it's not for me. I don't think I'll go any further that with that series. That doesn't surprise me. But. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's. I, I love it. I am not surprised one bit that it's not something that that clicked with. There you. are things I I understand why other people like it. I wasn't like totally miserable playing it, but there were parts where I was very miserable playing it. I I hate every boss fight in that game. I think they're awful and terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. Even like the Sniper Wolf Especially fight? Sniper Wolf. Oh my god. Trying to stabilize your gun and then you run oh, out you of your little... Just, you run you out of your pills you're taking. Did you take yeah. the diazepam? Yeah, and then it runs out and you gotta do it again. It runs out right when she finally pops out. You're gonna shoot her and then you start swaying all over the place. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. So, so what you're saying is you think the game should have easier difficulty settings? Yeah, absolutely. I want four times boost and uh, <laughs> read my music in that one, too. So, so what do you think of the Lila Lo Lai Lu? <laughs> what? The Lali Lu Lai Lu. Yeah, you did it wrong. <laughs> of course he's not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> did you understand any of the plot? I, like, I, as much I remember, as I think you're supposed to. <laughs> I remember playing the game the first time and I was at a friend's house for a sleepover and we were at the store. I only knew of Metal Gear from like those NES games that I had never played way back then. But it's, you know, this beautiful white cover Metal Gear Solid. I think I had just read recently in EGM. It was like 10, 10, 10, 10. And I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be really good. So we bought it like not knowing a thing about it. We hadn't followed any of the previews or anything. And we stayed up to like four or five in the morning playing this game. I don't think we finished it, but we made real serious progress. And then we probably finished it within a few days. And it's one of my favorite like gaming experiences going in like super blind or completely blind to this game. I also remember finding out that you got like rewards or like better endings or like better ranking or whatever if you beat it in like under X amount of minutes. And I was like, how can you beat it in under X amount of minutes? And then I realized... Oh man, without the you know cutscenes, like just gameplay wise, <laughs> there's, not a lot there. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of meat uh, on that bone. So, uh, but yeah, I I have gone through phases of like, oh, this story is so stupid and ridiculous, I hate it, and then I'll go through a phase where it's like, oh, this story is so stupid and ridiculous, I love it. <laughs> you know, like when you just kind of want that weird, campy, over the top action stuff. So the, the goofy dialogue like was absolutely the best part of that game. There, yeah. there were some really funny interactions between people that were just written and performed in just the weirdest way. Yeah. So did you save Meryl? Uh, no, she died. Oh. I, I did you, not. You had the ride with Otacon at the end. I did. I get to ride with Otacon, which yeah. honestly, if you let me choose between the two, I probably would have picked Otacon anyway. <laughs> did you have the CD case? I 
Probably not. I don't know what that is. Oh, you gotta check. So how did you? So how did you know who to how to call her on oh, the codec? You're talking about the. I thought you meant in game. Did I pick up a CD case? No, no, no. Uh, because the guy I was playing with, uh, he's gone through Metal Gear. He loves it, so he picked that for me. We're picking games for each other that we haven't played that are like PlayStation classics. Yeah. So he knew all the things. Like when I, like I've heard about it a million times. Like to switch the controller port. Uh, but we're playing on the PS3, so to switch the controller ports, not unplug it. It's like switch. It's like go into the menu and switch your controller settings. So I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that, and I just could not figure out why I kept losing that fight. And then he's like, he's like, you gotta switch the controller. I'm like, oh, I knew that, but I just I didn't have the visual, <laughs> so I couldn't put it together. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing too is, uh, uh, I forget what game it was, but he was like, I'm gonna read your mind, and then he was like, That's the same fight. You, you like Castle. And he was like, you like Castlevania, don't you? And I was like, how does this guy know? I Because he looked at my memory card and I had a Castlevania save on there. We didn't, we didn't so get fun. anything fun like that because we were playing it on the PS3 and there wasn't a lot of other PS1 games saved onto it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think it's only Konami games, right? Because like they could like recognize themselves. And I think there's some weird like, it's just out of character for him. He's like, you like winning 11 soccer, don't you? <laughs> like, that's a very non-psychomantist thing to say. <laughs> I, I love that game well, so I'm glad much. You, you finally at least knocked that one off the I, list. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to put a check next to it, even though uh, and I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. some aspects of it. Yeah, it's one of those games that's been on my uh, need-to-play list for decades. Yeah. Do you have any intention of playing two, three, four, five? Unless okay. he picks them for me later, because right. we've been doing that, so maybe he'll—he's—he's he's really excited Which, about this remake of three yeah. they just announced. So maybe yeah. maybe that's the one he'll make me play. Yeah, I would. Maybe say, you could just watch a YouTube story recap. I, I don't know gonna... that I'm that interested in the story. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I... It it gets so off the rails, like it's unbelievable. Just military theme stuff in general is a really tough sell to me. It just okay. Really yeah, that not... makes. I get yeah. that. It's got to have some kind of hook, like a I don't know, sci-fi angle or something, to like pull me in. Yeah, the whole like the, revolver, the, the... revolver ocelot, yeah, liquid snake thing that goes on forever is just weird. And and I was cool with all of the plot lines in one, as weird as they were. And then in like two and three, when it gets to Solidus, and then like presidents, and like it's it started to lose me. And then at four, I was like, all right, like, I'm out. So, but it, it held on to me for a while. Four has this fight with like Liquid Snake on top of a submarine hand to hand, which is like the most stupid thing. But like, it's, it has this huge preamble where it's basically like, I'm going to try to explain the whole storyline in front of you right now. And you're just like, going, oh, please stop. Just please stop. No, no, please stop. Don't do it. So I had no intention of talking about Metal Gear with you guys. I'm sorry I brought that up. Uh, I wanted to talk about Castlevania <laughs> Symphony of the Night. <laughs> Much better choice. Yeah, we've, we've been having a fun time with it. Uh, I brought along the last time we played um, the official guide and the unofficial guide. Since there's two of us playing, then the other one has something to like flip through it and uh, to do. And we got to the doppelganger boss. Um, it was pretty early. Um, and we died on him a couple times and I was like, oh, I wonder what the guide says about this. And so I opened up the official guide and it was like super helpful. It's like, Hey, if you have this secondary weapon, like he's, he's just a joke. Like he can't really do anything. If you don't, these are some other good secondary weapons. Uh, if you even don't have those, it's like, use your shield a lot and like 
do back dodge to avoid this move. And like, it was really good strategies. Mm, and then cool. I, I opened up the unofficial guide and it was like, beat him quick or he gets really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did Jeff Rovin have to say about yeah, it? Yeah, that was basically, and the whole unofficial guide, like they have none of the key art or anything. So they like just draw a picture and it has nothing to do with the game. There's like, here's a candle. Here's a rope. And like, it's just, I don't know, things you might find in a castle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Wall chicken. Yeah. It's, it's a really, really bad guy. Yikes. Um, but we haven't had fun with that. He's never played it before. So um, it's his first time. Uh, so every time he does something silly, I get to like sit there and like hope he doesn't see me giggling when he's about to like sit in a chair and get stabbed through the curtain because uh, he shouldn't sit in that chair. <laughs> have you, has oh, he yeah. found the, the castle flip yet? Uh, no, but he already knows about it, so it's not going to be a surprise. Oh. Yeah, he already brought it up to me. I was like, I was really eager to get to that point, and he right, kind of spoiled it. Yeah, but you, I mean, you knew about the controller swap, so like maybe in the moment he'll forget. That's true. <laughs> Can only hope. <laughs> um, my other buddy and I are still plugging away at Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Uh, that game is a nightmare and it's horrible, and I would never <laughs> recommend anyone play it. But we're almost done. And they've made this stupid game so you can't, like, fully beat it in one playthrough. Uh, they, they, like, lock... You get these fragments, and it, there's a hundred and... It's 150 or 160, I can't remember, to, like, get the good ending. And you can... They're, like, eight of them are, like, locked behind, like, post-game content. So you just can't get them on your first run. Uh, so the last few times we played were just ridiculous. They were, like, grinding out uber bosses or... Uh, spending time in the casino or doing chokeable races like they were just really not pleasant sessions that's a shame has lightning returned yet uh she returns right at the start of the game she's she returns uh like she, you play her remember. before you play sarah at the start like isn't there a third one yeah the third one is like lightning, lightning returns. returns it's yeah. called lightning returns oh even though she's already returned really, but that, play that too? I've, yeah the i've third heard better one things about to be that really good so we're just trying to get that's supposed through to be yeah. this one to get to that one i actually so i actually i'm with you so far on the because i really like 13 we've talked about this yeah. before we're we're hotter on it than than a lot of yeah, people yeah. are uh 13 2 is is kind of got away from me and i heard such good things about lightning returns i'm like Oh man, I should really maybe try to finish thirteen two at some point. But like at this point, I think I'm just gonna watch a story recap of the first two and just play Lightning Returns. I don't even think you need to watch a story recap. Okay. All you need to know is Sarah is trying to find Lightning and bring her back. That's the whole okay. story that they've somehow stretched into fifty plus hours of garbage. How many uh, cool. falsies and cocoons? Oh, and... there's proto falsies and like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, illusionary falsies Post, and they get pulseless primes. Yeah, they get a lot more confusing, <laughs> and none of it matters. God, I hate that game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they do this really awful uh, story recap when you like start the game up when you haven't played it, and they're like, "What you've missed so far?" Or it's like you know on the last Nothing. episode of, and they play <laughs> a bunch of cutscenes that have no relevance to the story that are more confusing than anything, and they. They just pick like random stuff that looks pretty, I think, uh, but it does not catch you up on where you are at all. It's the worst recap I've ever seen. Get to see a lot of snow. No, he's not <laughs> in it. Well, he's in it a little bit. He's not in it much. Uh, it's mainly just Sarah and this other guy who looks like uh, looks like Sora from Kingdom Hearts if he was a Final Fantasy VIII character. 
So Zach from Final Fantasy so, VII. So Squall. Uh, Notice how yeah, but he's got the big the pants. <laughs> he's got the big oh, uh, yeah. Sora pants. I mean, I mean, Squall. Yeah, Squall's pants. They're not Sora big. Come on. They're not Sora big because of the art style, yeah. but yeah, they're. Uh, yeah. I'm noticing a running theme. <laughs> I never really made the Sora Squall correlation before, but their hair is pretty. Yeah, ch- pretty ch- like. D- this tells you how much I like this character. We've played like 50 hours of this game. I can't even remember his name. And there's only two main characters. <laughs> He's awful. But you should look at a picture of him because he looks just like someone yeah. tried to make Sora like right. a little bit older. It's weird. Right. Uh, but I've been having more fun playing Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey Redux, uh, which I thought I was nice. almost done last time I talked to you guys. I was about 30 to 40 hours in. Yeah. Uh, I was only halfway I'm like, there's a castle flip. <laughs> well, there was a save file on it when I bought it. Cause I got it used and the guy was okay. 69 hours in and you can see the floor they're on of the dungeon. And so I just assumed like he played to the end of the game kind of thing. Um, cause that's about Ooh, the wow. amount of time you'd put into a Shimigami game. Uh, I got to that floor, but I was like 20 hours sooner than him. So I thought maybe he just left his system on or something. And then it just kept going and going. I have no idea how he, how he put that much time into it because I'm still not to that time and I'm way further than him now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the dungeons are pause, wa- getting... pa- pause, walk away. Yeah. But like it's a 3DS, just close it and then it stops your timer. Mm. That That's yeah. what I don't understand. It's just mm. eating your battery when you leave it open. You don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just waiting for all those juicy street passes. <laughs> just well, putting unnecessary hours on that screen. Yeah. Yeah, I used to. I used to. That was Puzzle like pieces. a main. That was a main reason to bring the DS to like conventions is just to like check every once in a while. Oh, I got ten more because yeah. like you didn't get them like regularly at your house. No, like I don't never. live in a city, right? Yeah, uh, but the dungeons are getting ridiculous. They're crazy. Mm. There's there's one that I just did where you hit these traps and they like teleport you to another part of the map that is sometimes not connected to the rest of the map. And then you've got to just find out where all these teleporters go and they don't mark mm. which one sent you where. So once you eventually hit the wrong one and go back to the start, you have to remember the path that you took to get back where you want to go and then try a different one. So you like draw your own map. Uh, it, no, it, it auto fills it on the bottom screen where you're going, but it, Right, but I mean, you have to like draw it so you'd know this goes to that. Yeah, you, you kind of have to keep track of the traps in that particular part. <laughs> the rest of the mini map is actually really good, the auto filled stuff, but that one dungeon, uh, I wish they were more specific with where the traps were sending you. Uh, but I'm in one right now that's really weird where there's three like phases you can switch it to. So you hit this switch and it switches it to phase A, which is like you're on the same floor, but like you can access different parts of it. And then so you walk through the new part and then you switch the phase again. And there's, so there's a regular phase and then phase A and phase B. So you're switching between these three phases on the same floor, just different access points. It's really hard to describe, but uh, it's, it's long and confusing. Uh, but I feel like I could finish the game now, but there's like one more like secondary story that I'm kind of enjoying too. So I'm trying to finish that before I go finish the main story, if that makes sense. What a strange journey. What a strange journey indeed. Um, but it's very Shimagami. Like it's got uh, the law neutral and chaos, like paths you can go through the game, um, all the demon fusing, uh, 
it's got crazy ridiculous boss difficulty spikes um which is normal for those games but they seem like they're more frequent and there was one that was especially mean because i got stuck on this boss for hours and it's not an easy game to grind and you can't just like make yourself stronger because the stronger you get the less experience you earn so you can't just find a good spot because you just keep getting less and less from that same spot kind of thing and if i can't go past the boss to the next area where the harder bad guys are i can't find a new area that's got good xp mm. so you're kind of forced to deal with the demon fusion if you're having trouble so you got to find the perfect party uh, or like get the right set of skills or something to help you through that boss. So I got really stuck for a long time. Finally killed this boss that would like, you'd hit it, say it would lose like 500 HP. And then after every single turn, it would regain like 350 of that HP every single turn. So if you had one turn where you had to spend healing your guys, he was going to heal back more than you damaged him kind of thing. Mm. So I got really stuck on that for a while. Finally finished him, was so happy. And then <laughs> they immediately resurrected him. And they're like, do it again, but he's harder. <laughs> he didn't re- oh. he didn't regain health this time, but he like took less damage and did more damage. And you had to fight these three or four other bosses that were like reviving him. So you kill those bosses and then you go fight him again. Sounds like a Destiny battle or something. It was, uh, yeah, it was mean. <laughs> But got through that, and there's been a couple other bosses that have been a pain. But finally, I'm, I'm almost level 70, so I think I'm pretty close to the end of it. Very good. Yeah. Is it the last Shin Megami Tensei game? No, I got about, th- I think, three more to beat before I've beaten all of them. Oh, wow. I got Soul Hackers okay. 2, um, Devil Survivor 2, and Shin Megami 5. Are they about similar in length to uh, this one you're playing now? Um, no, I think Strange Journey is a little longer um, than those are going to be because the first Devil Survivor is meant to be played uh, multiple times. Um, so like it's, it was only 20, 25 hours to like beat it, but then I beat it two more times after, and it's really quick to go through the second times because you start with all your demons and your, your level yep. and stuff. So I'm assuming Survivor 2 is similar to that. Soul Hackers, the first one was a Saturn game. So I'm sure the second one's a lot different because there's a huge time gap between them. But I can't imagine it being 70 hours long like this one. Right. Yeah. And the, all the Shin Megami's, like the main series ones, are around 40 hours. So I'm assuming 5 is going to be around that. It's no joke. No, but uh, they are fun. I enjoy them as much as uh, the difficulty can be frustrating sometimes it's very satisfying to mm. get past those points do they all have velvet rooms or is that a very much persona that's thing? just a persona thing yeah. okay yeah it isn't every persona though even like the first one they're a little different in the first couple of games mm. than three onward okay. but uh, they do exist in the first one there's like person playing the piano a dude who's like painting and then igor and they all have different functions. So if you wanted to like uh, do fusions, you'd go talk to like the painting guy. And I forget what the piano lady does, but they kind of s- streamlined it all into Igor as you. And he's got like the assistant in the later games. Right. Cool. Yeah, that's about it for me, though. Awesome. 
So uh, we'll just uh, jump into what I've been playing. Um, like many people, um, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Um, we won't talk about it too, too much because everybody's probably already playing it. And uh, I don't think anyone else on uh, the call tonight is uh, really super keen on it. <laughs> so, but we'll, we'll just talk. And even I know and Kelsey, you said you played it, it though, a while. I put 12 hours mm. in with my son and then he's just sharing stuff with me after like he's already beat mm. Ganon and and uh he's been sharing memes and stuff with me and like i, I knew about the item duplication thing before you told me because yeah. he'd figured that out a day or two prior to you messaging oh wow yeah no so I've, i see a ton of it on tiktok um i've had to like mute a handful of things just so it doesn't show up like all over my feeds um uh, and just to recap, I wasn't an enormous fan of Breath of the Wild. That's one of the the, the spots that me and Kelsey agree on. Um, I think it's a fine game. Uh, it's just not like what I'm personally looking for in a Zelda game. Um, and uh, I ended up playing it. I got through it. I finished it. Uh, you know, cool enough experience, even though it took me a long time to kind of like find my groove with it. I'm finding my groove much faster with tears than I did with breath, which is kind of a nice surprise because I wasn't sure if it was going to click with me. I thought it was going to be something that my kids played, especially my middle guy who loves breath of the wild. And I would kind of like piggyback once in a while or like help him with certain things. Um, uh, I think it's really cool how it's not just, uh, it doesn't just feel like more breath, which is weird because it's the same worlds just with like some changes to it. And, you know, with obviously the, the sky islands and the depths and everything. Um, but the abilities being mostly like completely different. Um, it just, it, it just to me, doesn't feel like the same. Uh, and also uh, they did that thing where instead of climbing a tower, like in, you know, Ubisoft games and every other game uh, you just have to unlock the tower and like, there's so many moments in this game where I'll just have like a, that dumb, you know, smile on my face, like, Oh, that's so cool type thing. So I love like flying out the top of the tower and you get that slow pan around the world. Um, there's still things that I don't love about it. Um, I've, I've done two temples so far. And at first I was like really happy that like, Oh, we have like temples. Like we have like dungeons again. And it's kind of misleading because it's not really a dungeon or a temple. It's just like an area that has like four or five environmental puzzles that you just have to solve in any order. And then you can like, <laughs> fight the boss that's in there. So it doesn't feel like it's designed as like a thing that you're supposed to make your way through and use the item that you find in there to, you know, like, it doesn't feel like have that same feel to it. But at the same time, like with the first game, or sorry, with breath, there were all these times where I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. And people were like, Oh, just, just go anywhere, do whatever you want. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like I want to know <laughs> what I'm doing. So in this game does a much, much better job of kind of directing you early on and giving you, you know, five or six things that are related to main quests. Uh, and it also does a really good job with story recap. Not a lot. Like I can't think of another game that's done such a, a good job with this. Uh, like multiple times in the first few hours, there'll be times where like you'll meet someone and they're like, link, like what's been going on. And then they're like, Oh really? So you and Zelda, like were in the castle and then you went under it and then you found this thing. And then this, so, and like they, they like do. And the first few times it's annoying. So then like the third or fourth time they will, you'll, you'll, you'll just have that like pantomime thing where you're moving your hands and then they're like, Oh, I see. And you're like, Oh, it's like, they realize like I've heard it like enough times now, 
but uh, uh, I, I appreciated that they were giving me like a little reminders here and there. And also in this game, more so than the first than breath, I'll just kind of roam into an area. I'll see something that looks either interesting or that it might have like, like uh, something behind it, whether it's a side quest or whatever. And I'll walk over there and very much like in like a fallout or Skyrim where like, you'll kind of like find a cave or five and find an offshoot that like, has a side quest or just some interesting, you know, thing that like keeps your attention for a bit. I'll do like, that'll happen. Like I'll find some cave and then I'll find a thing to fuse and then I'll open up a pathway and then I'll find, you know, a thing that gets me another gem. So like I, I'm, I feel more engaged uh, in this game than I did in breath. Um, so I'm not super duper far because uh, I can only play uh, when the kids are in bed because they will just want to take the the switch and play if they if they see me playing it. But they did play quite a bit today. They they had their switches for the day because we were kind of doing like a, a relax at home day. And um, it's funny because just like me, I I can't put like 10, 12 hours in straight into anything, even if it's like my favorite thing in the world. I kind of have a limit where it's like, okay. It's been a little bit of time. I need to change it up, whether it's go for a walk, go have a sandwich, listen to some music like I can't do anything that long. So they were playing games most of the day, but I would go upstairs and my middle guys playing like Astroneer or like my older guy switched to Fall Guys. And I'm like, oh, you guys aren't playing Zelda anymore. They're like, oh, we're just taking a break. And then the next time I would see them, they were you know back to Zelda. So I thought that was a uh, uh, cool to see that they just kind of like pop around a bit. I haven't told them that I bought the. Uh, this, the, and they had their Breath of the Wild, like, it'd be dog-eared if it was a uh, soft uh, cover, but it's uh, it's a hard cover, so it's just well-worn and loved. I haven't told them that I ordered the uh, the Tears hardcover guide that's, like, been on sale at Amazon for, like, lower than the price of the, uh, of the soft cover, like, since the pre-order went live. So that should be here sometime in June. Um, but, yeah, uh, enjoying it. Uh, I'll obviously stick with it for a bit. Um, it's part of the reason why I'm not like a hundred percent sure I'm going to buy the season pass for destiny two. Um, I still love destiny two. I play it, you know, when I get the itch or when I just kind of feel like uh, jumping back in, uh, I played it for the first time in a while today, uh, cause the new season started season of the deep kind of halfway through last season. I just kind of like, wasn't really feeling it. I didn't want to do like the daily grind, the power grind. I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of time to raid, which is the reason why I power grind. So I kind of like halfway through the season, I was like, all right, like that's, that's, that's unless something happens, you know, all that's probably it for me for this season. So I played it today. And for the first time we have underwater environments. It's not really underwater cause it's, it's liquid methane gas. So it's <laughs> under liquid environments, but, um, you're on Titan. Um, and when you first go down into this, uh, methane ocean, you, the pressure just starts like cracking your suit and then you get kind of like pulled into this uh this character that we've known for a long time but he's like oh i've developed this like special suit to like withstand the pressure so you get that but it like needs to be like re like juvenated on a regular interval so you get down in the methane ocean and sonic the hedgehog style there are bubbles that you need to <laughs> like go through it, man if it so the two two of my favorite sounds one because it's adorable and one because it's terrifying is like that little like hiccup like you know like inhale bubble sound and the other one is the existential crisis of like being like three seconds away from dying in sonic for no air um but yeah it doesn't have either of those sounds but i'm sure the modders are on top of it but yeah, you're just like, you know, going from bubble to bubble. And that's not where the bulk of the gameplay happens. That's probably, it's just like some, 
some kind of in-between segments, almost like in Bioshock when like you would kind of go in the underwater areas and then you would get back into the dry land where you'd actually play the game. Um, but it's it's cool story so far. There's a, a creature down there who is like communicating telepathically with Sloane, who we haven't seen in a little while. And we're trying to clear out some of the uh, interference being brought on by the main enemy in the game right now to like make that communication better. Um, and uh, uh, so and, and basically, so I, I did the first mission in the game, which kind of like sets up the the seasonal story arc. And I, I went to my like, I went to the, the seasonal vendor and I went to pick up a bounty and it was like, oh, you need the season pass if you want to like, you know, play seasonal like content bounties and stuff. And I've always had the annual pass before I buy like whatever version has like all the seasons in it. So I was like, OK, like how much is the season pass? So I look and it's twelve hundred silver, which is the in-game premium content. So I'm like, OK, like what's the conversion to gold? You know, like how many loonies is that? So I jumped to like the Steam store and like it's a it's about it's just over ten dollars. So it's not the worst. It's it's a lunch, right? So um and then I look, well, how long is the season? It goes till the end of August. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm on the fence, like, cause my big thing is like since I've been playing Zelda lately, or Tears rather, um, and I've been trying to practice guitar more, like I'm just not putting as much time into Destiny, so I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm gonna grab it, even though it's only ten bucks. Because you know, if I'm gonna spend the money, I want to play the thing. So I'll, I'll give it a little time. I'll see uh, uh, what the what the um, the the work the life work balance uh, schedule looks like for the next uh, few weeks. Um, another thing I, I started that I I put a halt to because Tears was coming out. But I had said for a long time that I wanted to try a Dragon Quest game. And I asked some of the guys on the uh, Discord, like, what do we think is good? One of the ones that Kelsey uh, recommended was uh, DQ5. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put DQ5, the DS uh, version, on the Steam Deck. Um, and I fired it up there. There's a few different ways you can do the view. You can have, like, one of the screens be, like, big and the other one kind of be like small for games where you really only have to focus mainly on one of those and you can flip them anytime you want. You can do one on top of the other. Um, so because of the way the game is kind of like works, like I did the one on top of the other, it's a little weird on the Steam Deck because there's no... Do you, do you turn no... your Steam Deck lengthwise and hold it that way? No, no. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, cause I would... have a side-by-side? Because my... Uh, they do have a side-by-side... Um, so, so I can do that as well. Um, I've been doing top down because that's like the same orientation that you'd be doing on the DS. And, uh, it's like, you'll see the whole world like scrolling when you move. But since there's like a gap between the two (laughs) screens, when you play on three DS and there's no gap on the steam deck, they just kind of like looks weird. Like they blend together. It works way better on games that have like a border, you know, like around like maybe like an item screen, like in Castlevania, like it, it, it's a little bit funky in, in dragon quest. Um, so I didn't play too much of it. I just kind of wanted to like, you know, take a first step. Um, so, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's got a bunch of the, like, not in a bad way, but it's got like a bunch of the JRPG tropes where it's like, you know, I know (laughs) you haven't played a ton of Dragon Quest, but you pick any Dragon Quest game and it is all of the JRPG tropes. Like they never change. (laughs) This is where they come from. You can play Dragon (laughs) Quest one and Dragon Quest 11 and they are all of the JRPG tropes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really interesting how I couldn't think like I thought for a minute that I chose like the wrong region. 
um, because I start the game and like some of the first dialogue in the game, they're speaking Spanish. And I was like, why are they speaking Spanish? And it's because it's like the assistant or like, you know, like the, 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 the people who work at the mansion or whatever it is like, uh, Oh, the, the baby, uh, she, she is, um, we, we beautiful, like all that stuff in the, and the, and like, and, um, but then you find, so it's like, okay. And I'm trying to piece it together. I'm like, so like my prince, my royalty is like someone being born. And then like, you wake up and it's like, oh, you're on a ship and you're traveling and you're just a vagabond. And it's like, oh, rats, it was just a dream. <laughs> so, um, and I don't, so um, I haven't done too much battling yet. It's everything very early on is very much like a little bit of story exposition, a little bit of wandering around, figuring your, your kind of environment out. Oh, we got to take this boat over here and then we got to go this place and oh, they're back in town. Say hello to everyone. So I'm still just kind of getting acquainted with like who I am and like why I'm here. And then you got to walk through the woods and then like a fight happens. And I'm like, oh, there's the little blobby guys that you see in all the Dragon Quest games. But it almost I don't know if there's a way to change this, but it almost seems like the combat's like first person like Th- in this that's game. Every in this Dragon version. Quest game too. That's a Dragon Quest thing. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. They, they I, stole I that assumed, from uh, Wizardry, uh, which was like a first-person dungeon crawler. They were like, "How do we huh. how do we make this uh, work for our RPG?" And so when you'd get into combat, yeah, you just have like the thing you're fighting there and your menus. So you wouldn't actually see your characters. Interesting. I did not know that was a Dragon Quest thing. Yep. So very cool. So yeah, just just a couple fights. I got to like the next village, and I got there, and they were like, "Oh, like oh, it's you. Oh, we don't have time to talk about that right now." And like I saved it, so I'm I'm very very early on, but I'm really just kind of getting my feet wet because again, like, you know, when you say something and you're like, okay, like I said I was gonna do this thing, let me actually like make a step towards doing it. So I just wanted like fire it up and kind of see what it was about. So you don't have to get too far to get to the first like really interesting plot point, I think. Um, so okay. if you get to that point and it's still not got its hooks in you, I'd say you give it a good good effort but if you're able to put another hour or two into it and see how you're feeling okay yeah and and so what i what has what has worked for me i typically only play the steam deck when i'm away from the house or if there's just something that i want to play and like my wife like doesn't want to watch tv she just wants like you know quiet time in the bedroom or whatever like just reading before bed i'll either play it in the bed but like if I'm playing something, uh, I kind of have like one game I'll play on the computer and like, that's it. And I'll have like one game I'll play on the TV so that, you know, I'm not like going back and forth. So I don't know about juggling, uh, like multiple RPGs. So I tend to stick with one until it's done, but yeah, I will, uh, I have every intention of going back and, and giving DQ a little bit more time. And we do have, um, uh, our Jersey vacation coming up at the end of July. Um, so the kids will bring the switches. I'll have my steam deck. So that might be, that might be the, the time to, for a DQ to shine. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, I, I did give it a start. Haven't met the heavenly bride or her hand yet. So, uh, we'll see, uh, what all that has to do with, uh, once we get a little further. Um, so that's it for gaming. Um, just real quick, uh, uh, I had heard good things about this Michael Jordan shoe film. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Air. It's available on Amazon Prime. Um, it is about the. It's the story about the uh, how the Nike Air Jordans kind of like first came into being. And I know what you're thinking. 
man, a movie about how shoes were first made, like probably that doesn't sound very interesting at all. It is awesome. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, like, I don't care about shoes like one little bit. I just care about like a good story and like people who are good at what they do. And the cast is is fantastic. It's uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker. Um, it's 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 phenomenal. It's uh, and also it's a lot of stuff about that I didn't know about the running uh, or the shoe industry before uh, uh, the Jordans came around. Nike was in third place by a big margin behind Adidas, who was the giant. Uh, and Converse, who was one of the most popular uh, shoe brands at the time, it was the Jordan that like propelled them. And the thing, the other thing is, Michael Jordan wanted nothing to do with Nike. Nike was a stupid running company that like only like Olympians and gymnasts uh, use. <laughs> like he wanted it. He wanted Adidas. So it's just cool to like see one of these stories about uh, something that you just had no idea kind of came about like that. And also there's a really, really good opening montage when the movie starts that is just full of 80s goodness to just get you in the mind frame of like what was going on when this movie started. Um, and it's also uh, Money for Nothing is playing like while that montage is happening. So it just puts you in a good mood for like the next two hours. <laughs> so it's called Air. It's on uh, Prime in the US. I don't know what it's, it's probably on, on Prime uh, up here in... too then. I think those are pretty comparable okay. from region Consistent, to region. yeah. But yeah. I, I watched the whole thing by myself, loved it. I watched half of it again with my wife because I, I told her how how good it was. She was really into it. Like she really, really was enjoying it so far too. So yeah, highly recommend. Um, we already uh, talked about Quantumania, so I don't have to mention that again. Uh, we're halfway through that. Um, I really, really loved the first few seasons of Barry on HBO. Um, and for some no, reason... No, no. It's on Max. It's on Max now. <laughs> it's on Max. It is on HBO if you're a television boomer. But yeah, if you're if you're application streaming, it is no it is it is moved. Um, I really love the first three seasons, and for some reason, I don't know why I I like wasn't excited to like start the new one. Like I I can't remember why. And then I started hearing things like oh like it's it's not terrific. It's like oh blah. blah. And I talked to my brother-in-law at my niece's birthday party last weekend, and he was like, oh, no, like, Barry season four is like, I love it. It's great. And I watched the first two episodes, maybe like two and a half, like the last few days, and it's phenomenal. I'm, like, really excited to to keep watching. I think the season's over, so I, I, I probably can just kind of uh, blast through it. I don't know if we've talked about it before, if you guys know what Barry is. Barry is played by Bill Hader, who was on SNL and uh, various other things. And he's a hitman, and uh, his handler is this actor named Stephen Root, who you've seen in a million things. Um, he's the Have You Seen My Stapler guy from Office Space and <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. a million other things. Um, but uh, he's uh, Barry's handler, so like you know, get some jobs and like all that kind of stuff. So it, the show starts out with Barry being like tasked to hit to go, you know, uh, take this guy out, and the guy's in an acting class, so he tails into the acting class. And during the acting class, he becomes inspired and decides that he wants to become an actor. <laughs> so it has this weird kind of comedy uh, start to it. But none of the show is played like a comedy. It's played very deadpan, very serious. Uh, there's a good amount of violence and killing and very heavy subjects in it. But it's also very funny at the same time. It's a really interesting mix. Um, but uh, uh, I, it's, it's very, very, very good. 
Um, and uh, what's his name? The acting uh, teacher is um, Henry Winkler. Nice. Um, nice. Just kind of kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a lot of range uh, in the the different characters and story arcs in it. So um, it's up to season four, which I think is the last season. And uh, so, yeah, very much enjoying that. And just like Dragon Quest has been kind of like on my to do list for a long time. I really wanted to give like some uh, Ghibli movies um, a a fair shot uh, for a while now, and I watched Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought that I was maybe missing something, but after chatting with a few guys in the Discord, you're like, no, they don't have kind of like your traditional structure. They just have themes they explore, and it's about the experience and everything. So I feel a little bit better now about that, knowing that that's what I got out of it was what they were trying to give me. Um, so I wanted to try a few more. So I started Princess Mononoke. That one's and... the most traditional in structure. That one, I think you'll feel comfortable. Absolutely. With. Like, like it starts off, there's, you know, the attack of like that big beast slash demon. And then the guy's kind of infected and then he has to leave and he's got a task. So yeah, like there's like a story structure, uh, uh to it. Um, I've had to, I've started it a few times thinking like, okay, like I could watch this with the kids. And then a few things happen and you're like, oh no, like maybe I shouldn't watch this with the kids. Like there's some violence in it that kind of comes out of nowhere with like body parts getting chopped off and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember at the time when that came out, um, Disney had localized it and it was like the Mm. first Ghibli movie to like come out in North America. And it was also the highest rated Disney movie at the time, which was like PG 13. It was like a big deal Mm. because of the violence. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so because I'm a, uh, a, a whiny baby, I'm watching the dubbed version just so I can listen and watch. And oh, it sounds I watch all like of them dubbed. you'll you'll recognize oh, awesome. yeah. absolutely every one of the Ghibli movies. You will recognize like three to five of the actors in it. And like Billy Bob Thornton yeah. is like the guy he meets like like when he's kind of first on his journey like that's an amazing performance yeah. for a very understated. I think Claire Danes um, is in that one too, if I'm remembering mm. right. I think she's the yeah. the girl. Um, and the the big wolf was someone very famous too. Was it Helen Mirren? Maybe I can't remember. Now. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look. But yeah, so I've I've got to the point where you're at the like kind of the town and like she comes in and attacks and you like take her you know like save like take her out of the town and the wolves are like about to like chomp you up and like she kind of stops yeah, i love when they beautiful. chewing his head a little bit there i love that part yeah they, they're like like it looks like they're about to like rip and the thing is you know the movie's not above some violence so you're like this could happen right <laughs> now so and so that it was right at that point and i think i looked at the kids and i was like yeah like i'm just i'm just gonna watch this later so i i will finish it but i'm enjoying that and then but then my kids tonight were like, oh, we're going to do movie night. I said, yeah, I mean, like we like we got a podcast, but yeah, what do you want to watch? And um, so we went to the Ghibli movies, I think on Max. <laughs> I think this show is brought to you by Max. And I just searched for Ghibli and Spirited Away came up and I was like, oh, they, they looks like they have a lot of them. So and then my my oldest remembered watching Spirited Away. He's like, oh, you remember when the parents transformed? Like, that was awesome. <laughs> so and um, the pig dad, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, the, the big pig. Yeah, and then um, so uh, I said, "Hey, do you guys remember? I think we started Kiki's Delivery Service, but we never finished it." And my oldest is like, "Yeah, like like you had to go do something. I watched the whole thing. It was great." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, cool." And then so I was like, "We watched a few trailers tonight," and I was like, "All right, you guys pick." So they picked um, 
uh, my neighbor, what's Totoro. the name? Tomo- Totoro. Totoro. So they picked my neighbor Totoro, and we watched the whole thing. I dozed off a few times in true 40-year-old dad style, <laughs> but what I saw was great. Um, and, uh, uh, when it was over, like they, they kind of looked over and like, they weren't like tearing up, but I could tell that they were like, because it's like the scene in the hospital and like, mom's going to be okay. Yeah. And then like, so yeah, like, and then I was like, what'd you think? And they were just kind of like nodding their heads. <laughs> and then like, and then while they were brushing their teeth, my oldest, and he's like, that was a really good movie. Oh. And I was like, oh, but you really, yeah. So, uh, so I, th- I think we have more in our future with that. So they're not all like sad like that. <laughs> you, mm. yeah. Like in Toro, like most of the movies are, like played off really light, but yeah, if you're like paying attention, yes. you're like, these kids are really struggling with their mom being in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they get upset about it. And then it's like, oh, like they said it was just a cold, but it's not just a cold. So like there's some, there's, you know, the, and it's one of those things like kids are always smarter than you think they are. They're always listening. So, but then like you said, those light parts where they're the scene where they're just standing at the bus stop and then like the umbrella, like handing him the umbrella. And then like the cat bus shows up and the kids are like, it's a cat bus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was uh, very cool. They, they enjoyed that one. They they might uh, like, uh, cat returns then too there's a lot of really fun uh silly cat moments in that movie too okay yeah. all right and then and then the other one the other trailer we watched that was the other contender and and my middle guy kind of vetoed it um it was funny because my oldest kept saying the name wrong he's like uh uh so he, he's he's like come on like well like why don't you guys want to watch Howl's movable castle <laughs> this kid almost got it he's 90 percent. yeah there. very close yeah real close we, but yeah so we've been rewatching all of them because we got tickets to go see the park in japan in about a month hmm. uh, the only like big ones we haven't rewatched with the kids are spirited away in Howl's moving castle so we'll probably hmm. do those in the next couple weeks and then uh we'll, we'll leave the last like I, I don't think they need to see like Porco Rosso again. That one's kind of boring. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then um, uh, Ponyo. They 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 said like that's one of our favorites. Is another one that they yeah. yeah so like because we watched like five or six trailers, and those were like the finalists was so, was Ponyo. So for you, keep Owls in mind and, uh, when you watch Ponyo that it is someone else's take on the Little Mermaid story. It's the same story, mm. but it is unrecognizable to the one that you probably know. Uh, it's really interesting. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So that that uh, wraps up the watching, and I just have a couple of very quick things for listening to. Um, I purchased tickets to go see Dinosaur Junior. Um, I did that thing I do where I put it out there to like everyone I know who could possibly want to go to a concert with me, and everyone who would have wanted to go lives like really far away. So I bought a solo ticket for myself. It's the week before my birthday. So happy birthday to me! I'm going to see Dinosaur Junior. And the the coolest thing about this show. By far, my favorite Dinosaur Jr. album is an album called uh, Where You Been. Um, And so this series of shows they're doing in Brooklyn in December is the 30-year like anniversary celebration of Where You Been. They're just playing the entire album front to back at these shows. And then after that, they'll play like some more songs from their catalog. But um, I've looked at some of their set lists over the years. And I'm like, oh, it'd be so awesome to see them. But like, oh, but like at this, sh- they didn't play out there. They didn't play start chopping. They didn't play like, you know, what else is new? So just knowing that they're playing like my entire favorite album, like it was just, if it, I'm ever going to see a Dinosaur Jr. show, this had to is be Is there the a one. song of theirs I would know? I, 
like I've, I've heard you guys talk about the band before, but I, I yeah. have no concept of what songs they've done. Yeah. They're a very well-known band in like the American alternative rock scene in the early to uh, late eighties, early nineties. But honestly, they haven't had a ton of like commercial success with like singles and stuff that you'd really know. The biggest single they had was probably a song called uh, feel the pain. Um, and if so, if there's any song that you would have heard like on the radio or like in the you in the public zeitgeist, one. it would be "Feel the Pain." So if you give that one a quick Spotify, Google or yeah, listen to, I don't know it from um, the title, but I'll maybe check it out later. Yeah, it has this really slow little part, it's, and then it speeds up, yeah. and then it's, yeah. As soon as you hear like yeah, as soon as you hear the yeah. first little bit, you'll either know it or not. Like if you've heard I, I, it before, you'll go, oh, yeah. go okay, that's it. Yeah, and that, but then I don't. You've probably never heard it before, but one that I think you might enjoy just because you like shreddy guitar. Um, the first song on "Where You Been" is a song called "Out There," and there's a, like there's a solo to start the song. There's a solo like after the first chorus. There's a so, there's like a pre-solo solo. Then there's a solo, and then there's an outro solo. So if you just want to hear some cool like shreddy uh, Jay Mascus style guitar, well, I, so I should I should paraphrase like. It's not shreddy compared to, you know, like Randy Rhodes and like some of like the great shredders. It's like shredding as it as it would apply in alternative uh, music where there's not a lot of solos like <laughs> Jay. Jay can solo pretty well for an alternative and guitar. What was player. that one called again? Uh, the song's called Out There. Dinosaur Jr. Out There. All right. I've made myself but yeah, some so I'm very Very happy to have uh, that. I was going to say tickets. Very happy to have that ticket. Uh, sent to me and then the the one I'm hopeful for is uh, uh, we just found out Queens of the Stone Age are, are doing their first tour since 2018 and they're playing one show in New York uh, not in the city like just outside the city in a place that used to be like uh, uh, like a tennis uh, arena it's been converted to a um, to a uh, music venue one of the coolest things about it is it's not a Ticketmaster venue so hooray for that so you're just paying you know the like a regular ticket price plus a uh, reasonable fee in uh you know the the current age but the fact that it's the only show and then there all the rest of the shows are in europe uh the pre-sale begins i got my calendar marked it's like june 6th or 7th or something so very hopeful that we'll be able to uh, snag uh, a ticket to uh queens of the stone age because it would be amazing to get to see them and that's it for for my stuff cool sorry we had to uh bring up metal gear solid and it wasn't uh wasn't intentional never again never try not again. to happen again i i want to high i want a high and d t-shirt so badly and i don't know why it's not a commonly made thing um all right so uh let's move on to the main topic we're making pretty good time see if we can uh uh not run uh too much uh too much over um so we thought we'd talk about uh bad guys in video games um and uh the antagonist so wanted to try to uh keep it to kind of like the main antagonist although we can talk about some you know sub bosses mini bosses stuff like that but we wanted to kind of talk about the the crux of the uh of the story like what you're really up against whether that's a uh another person an entity a uh, uh, a concept, you know, you can get like uh, as uh, as crazy as you want with your definitions, but uh, we wanted to talk uh, just about kind of bad guys and like what makes them cool, what makes them compelling. Um, so I guess we'll start with Kelsey. So for you, what makes a great antagonist? 
Um, just that they're not one dimensional because that's mm. super, super common. So you, you mm. don't have to necessarily understand, or you do have to understand, you don't have to necessarily agree with their motivation, mm. but you have to like see where they're coming from, I guess. Um, right. so yeah, some of my favorite ones that I made for this list, um, it's because they're, they're more than one dimension, but also they have mm. to look really cool. If they don't look really cool, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's uh, another thing I added on to this that you could uh, add a little bit to, because as I was thinking about this and like kind of making the list, like just the most like badass looking like has it's there's a big factor in like how cool that is, how compelling they are. Um, that goes a but long the other way piece for me. Like, is, they can be a bad yeah. villain otherwise, like just uninteresting. But if they look cool, I will ignore all of that and just be like along for the ride. Yep. Yep. And then, so the other thing that I kept coming back to is like, like you said, like you don't have to agree with them, but you have to understand. So, which means they have a motivation, which means they have like a little bit of a backstory. So my kind of like two part question with this was, do you think you can have a compelling, great antagonist without having a backstory, keeping it vague? Yeah, I think so. Um, Mm. Like even like some of the ones that people really put out there, like Kafka, like he's not mm. a deep villain, but he's very compelling yeah. just because of how crazy and sinister he is. Mm-hmm. Just plain crazy. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> not more, nothing trickier than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Chris, uh, same question. Uh, uh, so, do you have any thoughts on what makes a great antagonist for for you? And is that uh, backstory important to you? I mean. I know historically your your gameplay over story, but like, how do you feel about backstory on in, when it comes to the uh, the bad guys? To me, um, I think the, what makes a great antagonist to me is that the, they're relatable on some level. I mean, I don't have to see myself in them because they're mm. bad guys, and in most cases, I don't want to emulate a bad guy. But <laughs> you know, if there's some piece of them that I get that drives them then i'm like okay i i, I get it right I, mm-hmm. I don't agree with where you're going with it but i totally get it in terms of can you have a compelling antagonist without a backstory sometimes i think it adds more it just because sometimes you just have mystery That's it depends very much on how you do it right sometimes yeah. um sometimes you can go way too far like right like i'm just gonna pour like the volumes of history about like i don't care that like you say like i like the action but give me just enough of a taste and sometimes leave some blanks and let me try to figure it out or or maybe just what i think is the reason why because right that's maybe in my head the way the canon goes yeah which, which I know it's a little side note, but which is to me why I'm not always like super pumped on origin story type movies Yeah, where I'm like, I, I don't always need to know. Right. Like I'd rather not know. I think it's, I think it's cooler not knowing which of the Joker's many backstories like is true. Every right? time I hear something is a prequel, I lose like 20% interest. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so and, on yeah. solo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, right? As soon as you do things like that, you just just don't, right? It, yeah. It's okay. There can be a gap, um, right? Just as long as it's an interesting gap, right? 
I, yeah. I you know I, I don't need to know what the evil villain ate for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So and then so when I was thinking about this, I you know because the first thing you think about is like okay you know what makes a great antagonist, and then you start thinking about okay like who were some of my favorite bosses, and you know it sometimes you start thinking about okay well these are my favorite games and then like these are the bosses in those games and like are they actually my favorite you know and then I I really tried to separate a boss from an antagonist because a boss is like a barrier to get to another area in a game as opposed to like the force that you're fighting you know like in the game um so i really like uh uh um a lot of antagonists that have like decent backstories to them but yeah they're like i came up with more on this list that i don't know anything about them other than like what their current motivation is against me in this like doesn't matter who they were when they were six and sometimes it's better when you can only guess, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, I don't even know if what they're telling me is true. Yeah. Right? They could be just trying to feed me a line. Well, everything they tell me could be a lie. And yep. if there's some ambiguity in there where I don't feel comfortable about it, sometimes that goes a long way. Yep. Very cool. So uh, this is one we ask a lot when we uh, are going into a subject, uh, and it's really just to show everyone uh, how old each of us is. So your earliest memory of an antagonist in gaming. Uh, I feel like mine are always so like simple and predictable here because I started playing games in the early to mid-80s. So my first recollection of an, of an antagonist in a game is Bowser in Super Mario Bros. Um, and... Uh, uh, as you know, it's not a scary image. I think right now for most people to look at, I was scared of this thing jumping on me and killing me Throwing when I was trying to jump on un- fire under and this castle full when, of lava. Like, when yeah. I'm I'm telling you, when the hammers started like f- flying out of his back, like like visceral fear, like <laughs> in my chest. And uh, uh, the other one was like, so fireballs was one so, thing. Wh- I was like, okay, just like wait, before you move on, that like I know that we like as adults have lost that feeling. It is so yeah. fun to me when I'm playing a game with my kid and they just like they get to mm. a spot in the game and they're like, you do it. And they don't even want to try because they're yep. feeling that fear that yep. I remember feeling as a kid. And and my kids have handed me the controller in like Luigi's Mansion Three, <laughs> and I'm like, no judgment free zone here, but like. You're not actually afraid of like this character, are? Right? And they're like, no, I just like I, I don't like it when they when they the one that you can't see, so you have to like make them visible before right. you can do something to them. They're like, oh, I can't do this. But yeah, the uh, uh, I remember feeling fear like uh, on some of these like old bosses. And there's been times where I'm sitting next to my kids, and they'll be playing something, and like most of the time they're just you know platforming or running they hit the jump button they hit the run button but there are times like in boss fights where i'm sitting next to them so i'll feel their entire body like <laughs> tense up when they when they do a movement and i'm like oh man they're so into this this is pretty cool but yeah i so yeah so for me my earliest was definitely bowser and i have to do an honorable mention for mike tyson because that was one we put in a lot and he was he wasn't just another fighter. He was like the mountain that you're trying to, uh, you know, get to. And he just, he was so, so much more like in the eyes of a child, he was like so much more difficult than like every other fighter in that game and still is without a little bit of practice and like, you know, a little, like good little reflexes and strategy. So, 
Um, we'll uh, we'll start with Kelsey again. So, do you remember the first uh, the, that earliest memory of of that uh, the force you were fighting when you were playing a game? I definitely had the same Bowser experience that you did, but prior mm-hmm. to that, I think the only thing I can think of that would predate that is uh, my earliest gaming memories with the game called Frostbite on the Atari, and there's a polar bear, okay. and so you're kind of playing Frogger on these ice uh, chunks that are like floating down the river and you can jump on the land to just be safe for a minute but if you wait there too long this polar bear runs out and eats you so i remember like being freaked <laughs> out by like, like you can't stand there like he'll come and get you like you stay on the water like it's better to drown than to have that bear come and get you it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny so man and then and you didn't even know that polar bear's backstory and he was still uh you know, know, still a thrilling antagonist for thrilling. you. Thrilling, yeah. He used to work at Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris, um, after uh, after hearing uh, us young people and our '80s video games, <laughs> what are you going with uh, the the other the other paddle and pong? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite there, but um, I am going to go with the ghosts from Pac Man. I think it's mm. probably the earliest antagonist I could remember. Yeah, I, mean, good I call. guess maybe it would be the aliens and space invaders, <laughs> but I mean, really, you know, I was at that age where all that stuff was kind of just jammed together for me. Right. So, I mean, the one right. that I think would stick out would be the Ghosts and Pac Man, followed very shortly by Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah, I, I, I was I was wondering, uh, but yeah, Pac-Man, I, I didn't think of. That's a really good one. I was thinking uh, along the lines of like Missile Command or like all these different alien invasion games. <laughs> and if you, uh, kinda if had you the, watch the cartoon, did all the ghosts have backstories that were deep and uh, interesting? The Inky, Pinky, <laughs> Clyde. Uh, I, I, you know, I watched the cartoon I, as a kid, yeah. but no, they just I, wanted I think, to chomp Pac-Man. I, I think the names are terrific. Yeah. Um, no, that's it. They were like they were characters. You no, know, yeah. You know, why do they? I don't know. Because yeah. they want to get Pac Man. Were they work? Were they working for someone? Was there a, uh, a bad scientist behind the scenes of the ghosts? I don't remember. Like there was yeah. a cartoon, and I don't yeah. think it was that complicated. I think they just wanted to get Pac Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that well. But uh, get get him get him for Doctor Robotnik or probably Donkey. I mean Donkey Kong. If I had to like a character. Like yeah. the first like singular character mm. would be Donkey Kong for sure, right. and um, you know he's pretty you know pretty big, intimidating. You know. Yeah, All right, definitely. Like that yeah. dude's gonna freaking kill me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing barrels of fire at me. Sure, I mean you know pretty tough guy. Yeah, so and he's um, like four or five times your size. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's another big. So and then so uh, and relating back to when I mentioned Tyson, like I remember playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and it never occurred to me that Little Mac was this tiny thing in the bottom of the screen because I never saw Little Mac as like as like a a, a body or like a character model. I just I almost saw it as like a first person game where like you know the the boxers coming towards you and you need to go like that but i remember like showing like my my dad or my you know like somebody in the older in the room maybe an uncle or 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 something like that but like oh like check out this game and and i was in there and i I started the game and they were like 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 that's that's the guy you're fighting and i was like yeah and he was like where's you like (laughs) like, right down there that little thing is you (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's not really how boxing works. Yeah, and you know what's <laughs> funny is like because early on, like Glass Joe is not like that much. He's pretty scrangly as well, and then Saint Von Kaiser. But then like when like Piston Honda, you're like okay, like it's a little bit bigger. When you get to Bald Bull, like just the amount of real estate he takes up compared to you, it really is. It still kind of gives me like a little bit of a <laughs> of a take back when I see how how, how big he is. But uh, but yeah, good stuff. Um, so and uh, I, I mentioned this briefly already with Bowser, but uh, can you guys remember a time where you were afraid to play a video game because of a certain uh, enemy or or boss or like main antagonist? This has happened to me on several occasions, so I'm, I'm curious to hear about you guys. We could go back to Kelsey for uh, for scary times. Um, Resident Evil Two kind of sticks out to me. Mm. Many moments in that game. Uh, the liquor on the roof early on and like the the dogs mm. were always f- so fast and like mm. hard to shoot because you know he had the tank controls so spinning around wasn't super quick and they were they were very fast to come up to you um and just the whole atmosphere like puts you kind of in a tense mood already so it's when you hit those bosses when you get to like a tyrant who's chasing you and breaking through walls that was yeah. absolutely a nightmare and like the first time he actually like busted through a wall, like we didn't know you could yeah. do that in a video game yet. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. scared the crap out of us and I'm pretty confident we died and we weren't like upset that we had to go back. We were like looking at my friend, like what just happened? Like he could do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do we deal with that? Like, is it even possible? Like, do we just run? Like, do we fight? Like that? I remember yeah. that moment being pretty standout. Yeah, it, and then I've I've got a similar um, Resident Evil story coming up, but I'm glad that you mentioned the the environment and like the mood and the feel, because uh, uh, we don't talk about environment as an antagonist because it doesn't always fit. But man, is it uh, uh, in the Resident Evil games? And for me, in Silent Hill One, the environment was like every bit a, a character in, I, in in that game I, and like uh for the for the feel i think that's a huge reason why both of us found bowser so scary too because that music is so tense and there's like fire and flames everywhere and like yep. the whole level leading up to him and, and you can like hear him and like the fireballs he spits out when you start getting close yep. to like uh you, yeah you start yep and a, a handful of my scary moments are like not as scary with the music turned off. So I don't know if you guys ever like turn the volume completely down to like get through a part of the game. I absolutely <laughs> did it because it's honestly like it scared me. Um, I don't want to go out of order here, so I'll, we'll let Chris go first. But yeah, when, when we get to my list here, was there anything else you had before I go to Chris? Kel? No, that was good for me. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Chris, uh, so either afraid or said, all right, that's enough. I can't handle it. Shut it off to, to, too too real so not exactly a particular enemy or boss but as a kid watching people play dragon's lair like every time dirk the daring dies he turned into this skeleton (laughs) and like falls apart being a little kid that would scare the crap out of me like every time that happened and then like "Ah!" (laughs) some of his deaths too he'd get like strangled to death and you'd watch him like slowly run out of air like they were pretty violent Yeah, and I mean, it's a cartoon. It's very realistic, and, you know, I'm still a young kid. I don't understand that this is really just watching a movie sort of thing. And so to me, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. I did not want to be around and watch people play Dragon's Lair because I didn't like watching him die. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's you always have such you always have such great answers because they're they're not what I expect and they're they're. Well, I'm just they're older very, than you. That's all. <laughs> well, not by much. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting there. But yeah, for for me, I'm I'm glad Kelsey mentioned uh, Resident Evil. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking of this question is uh, Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Um, Stars. I, I remember being, you know, because most of the time in Resident Evil games, things are slow moving enough where you can deal with them. I ended up getting pretty good at tank controls. The dogs, like notwithstanding, like they, they had some some movement to them. With liquors, the whole point for me was like, okay, like shotgun, get in, you know, like blast them. Um, so, but there was ne- there was never anything that I felt like was like completely out of the realm of controlling. Um, and then I started playing Resident Evil Three. And Nemesis is already like a very imposing, big, strong character, and like you could tell he's got a grudge because he keeps like uh, uh, mentioning the stars. And then, like in any other game, you're like, okay, well, he's chasing me. You know, what? I'm just gonna walk through this door, and that's gonna be the end of it. And then when that was not the end of it, it was like, oh, what, what do we do? What do we, we just keep going? And then like you got through another door, and he was, and the thing is. He wasn't just like so many, you know, zombies and zombie, especially big ones. They're kind of big lumbering masses and they don't move too fast. This guy was like like a bear, like bounding after you. He was very fast and you had to go like two, three screens away or whatever it was. And then like finally you're safe. And then sitting in that kind of room waiting. OK, like like Kelsey said, like what what do we even do? Like, how can we even do this? Do we run by him? Is there something in the room we miss where I can drop a portcullis or something? And then he's like stuck behind it. You know, like it, it, it kind of made you think. But there were times in that game where I was like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I, So that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, this next one is a little bit of a cheat because it's the whole segment of a game. And there are, there are two enemies. But the main enemy that really, really freaked me out was the Metroid in NES uh, Metroid where you would get to this area and you kind of saw them and they would kind of home in on you. And it wasn't like every other enemy where they were like fairly, you know, slow moving and they would maybe hit you for some damage and you can pop away. So they came in very quick, attached themselves to you and they were, they were hurting you. And it was also the music of the area. So, and, and it was like, same thing. What do I do? What do I do? And you would kind of bomb and try to get away you had to freeze them, but every step of that uh, area was just like inching forward. Okay, there's another one. Okay, freeze him. Okay, okay. Now we can take a breath, and then inching forward again, and then the the mother brain room because of everything, the music, the things flying in. Like mother brain's not terribly uh, scary. I mean, like the concept, I guess, of a big brain in a jar, but like that room. Uh, so the area leading up to mother brain and the Metroids and everything was a very nerve wracking spot for me. And before that, uh, leading up to mother brain, one of the big bosses, uh, I wasn't all that, uh, afraid of Ridley. I was very afraid of crate. And I think it was that same thing of like, just like, it looked like screwdrivers, like spawning out of his body and like flying at you. Like, I don't like sharp things flying out of bodies at me. Um, so yeah, those were, uh, as I was kind of thinking of, uh, and then I, I wanted to think of some stuff that was newer, even though we don't get as scared as we used to when we were younger. Uh, I don't think you guys have played the last of us part two. There's a boss in that game called the rat King. And, uh, I love a good is, rat King. yeah, it's, it's not, terrifying. Not 
it's it's terrifying (laughs) and it's in a very dark area and it's it's in a terrifying space kind of closed confined and before you go in the whole i mean the whole game is like post-apocalyptic zombie stuff but like when you go into this area they're like listen this is like the first area that got like exposed like shut down shut (laughs) off before like we kind of like like there's stuff down there that we've probably never seen before. And they were right. There's something we've never seen except for this one area. So it was already a very scary area. And then man, the rat King. So it's, it's like an amalgamation of like a whole bunch of uh, different uh, infected that have like grown into this, like big kind of grotesque, like very fast moving, very strong uh, boss. And, Oh, it's, it's just, just the worst. It was, it, Took me a few tries. It wasn't like terribly difficult, but it was very, very frightening. Um, and the last one I wanted to mention that gave me like visceral fear was the Big Daddy from Bioshock. Oh yeah. Um, I w- like I would round a corner. You would kind of see them, and the cool thing was they were completely non-aggro unless you did something to get their aggro on you. So you could just completely ignore them. But if you wanted the power ups, if you wanted the atom, like you, you know, you had to. Okay, like set up a plan, set up some traps and something like that. But even then, like if you were playing on anything other than like the lower difficulties, like you had to kind of prepare that the plan wasn't going to go right at some point. So it was, it was more the anticipation. It was like the click click of going up on the roller coaster. (laughs) It wasn't so much like the actual fight that was like doing it, but I was like, Oh man, Oh man, I got to start this fight now. I hope I'm going to be okay. So yeah, those are, uh, I get scared a lot. Apparently those are just a few of uh, the examples I came up with. So yeah, so we're we're off to a pretty banging start so far. Um, so uh, uh, I also asked the guys to. Uh, I tried to think of some uh, kind of interesting ways to uh, to come up with some cool antagonists based on some conditions that I gave them. So uh, once again, we'll go back to Kelsey. I asked them to bring you know could be one, could be a few of uh, each of these uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, conditions here. So I want to know an antagonist that you think is cooler or more interesting than the protagonist of the game, which I don't think is super hard because there's so many cool, <laughs> cool, badass villains out there, but I'm really curious to see what you guys came up with for this. We'll, we'll go to Kel. So my first one, I don't know if you'll count, so I brought it back up just in case because uh, it's kind of a cheat. Um, but in <laughs> Ultima Four Quest of the Avatar, there's no boss or anything. The antagonist of that game is your own morality. And I always thought that mm. was so interesting. The main character is just generic because mm. it's anyone's supposed to be able to mm. imprint on them. So there is no mm. uh, life at all to this antagonist. So he's very bland. Uh, but you like the whole game is about making choices. And it's like, I don't need to kill that monster. So I'm not going to. I'm going to let him live. Like I'm going to show mercy. Mm. I'm not going to steal from the mm. shopkeeper. I'm not going to open every chest in town because these don't belong to me. They're in a town. This isn't a guy's house. And so I always mm. thought that part of the game was like super, super cool and interesting, way more interesting mm. than the character that you're playing through this story with. <laughs> uh, but just in case that uh, was uh, not quite what you're looking for, uh, Albert Wesker from Resident Evil, I'm going to bring him back. He's super cool and badass, mostly just because he looks awesome and he's like lurking in the shadows, yeah. doing cool stuff. And he just shows up at like the worst possible times. Um it's not that the main characters are really bad in Resident Evil. Uh, they're just okay. And he's yep. he's definitely way cooler and got uh, got some style to him. 
Yeah, and 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 so first of all, your first uh, answer was awesome, and absolutely would have counted. Uh, but I, I really like how you found an answer in Wesker because of that wording, uh, cooler. Like yeah. Leon's not a bad character, yeah. right? You know, like Jill's not but a bad character. But he doesn't character. have a long but leather it... coat and sunglasses on in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Wesker has sunglasses on all and he, and it, it's even more impactful in like the remakes because like everything is like up res and everything <laughs> looks great and he's like still still rocking glasses yeah. everywhere. And one of the big travesties for a little side note is that I really think there's potential for just an awesome movie in there somewhere. And they have not been able to crack that uh, code yet, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, Wesker's a great answer. I like that. I, I love him so much. I named my dog after him. Oh, yeah. that's, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's great. I, so, and I've told you guys this before resident evil 2 remake has been on sale on steam for like ten dollars a few Ooh, times yeah. and the only reason i haven't done it is because i want to you know i've bought a few things that i haven't even started and i like to kind of get through a little bit of backlog like i was really looking forward to death stranding for a long time who knows why i don't know i just <laughs> wanted to play it but i have it i bought the director's cut like upgrade edition haven't played it yet, so I'm gonna try to get through a few things. But yeah, Resident Evil 2 remake so is like my good. resolution yeah, for the really year. Good. Yeah, and that's I've never heard a bad word, and it's not even ever heard a bad word about it. Every word I've heard about it is that it's unbelievably good. It's everything so. you could ever possibly want a remake to be. Mm. Awesome! I'm looking apart. forward to it. So uh, yeah, great. So great start there. Um, so for me, um, I. Uh, uh, it's not really a cheat because I did say bring, you know, a few. So um, uh, Voss from Far Cry 3 and Pagan Min from uh, Far Cry uh, 4. Um, the protagonist, while you could argue, is given to you in like a character form, like in the game, like a loose, uh, a loose kind of framework of like what the character is about. Like, oh, it's a guy who's like on vacation or it's it's, you know, a guy who has family roots here. I really see the protagonists in the Far Cry games as the player, um, as an imprint of them, even though like they give you a name, they give you a story, but um, none of the story they give you for the player that you're playing is as interesting as these guys. Uh, Voss is amazing. Um, it's, it's hard to think about uh, where Far Cry would be without Far Cry 3, because as, as much attention as Far Cry 2 got, uh, as, as far as being like this kind of like emergent open world style gameplay and like a shooter, I really feel like Far Cry 3 was one of those like, I really, I'm not a huge fan of like those marketing terms, but one of those like watershed moments where it was like, man, this is what like an open world shooter like could be like, and for better or for worse. And for some reason, ran away from it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> And I think four is phenomenal. And I was actually really worried about four when I when I saw some of the some of the verticality with like the hang gliding and stuff. And it's like, well, okay, well, I guess it makes sense. They're on a mountain. And so then when four came out and it was actually good, I was like, awesome. And then I, I know we've talked about five before. I'm hotter on five than most people are, even though I can understand why, okay, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't what people loved about three and four. I was hopeful for six, um, but I've not heard the best of things. So 
maybe back to the drawing board on that one. But uh, yeah, I, I love Voss. I love Poggin. And I haven't played Far Cry 4. Far Cry 3 has been remade and remastered. Like they've given it like as a pre-order bonus for other games. I have not replayed. So I've replayed 3 like here and there. I haven't replayed 4, I think, ever since it came out. So I might be due for that one of these years to kind of go back and see. Um see what that's about and then the other one that i wanted to mention is glados um the uh from uh, the portal games i can't believe i didn't have that on my list at all that's that's Uh, a good choice good thing so so just just the most compelling and then the first game obviously she's just kind of not one-dimensional but like she has a a simple story arc right Mm -hmm. in the second game the arc's way more complicated where there's a revenge aspect and then there's a switching of uh, uh, you know positions of power, and then there's an uh, a reluctant alliance, and then there's a redemption. So like it, it's a much uh, more complex mm-hmm. of story arc. But yeah, Glados is just such a compelling character um, in the in the Portal games, especially two. I can't recommend two enough, and it's probably like two dollars. Like everywhere you can buy video games, please play Portal Two. Um, all right, so uh, moving right along here. Um, so we're going to go back to Kelsey for antagonist that you sympathize with. I, I think Chris with. got a turn there. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I skipped right over. That's my fault. Go for it, Chris. It's okay. So, um, you're being my antagonist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have to overcome. You, 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 can, you can list me. As a... <laughs> you're okay. Um, I have two of these that I came up with. One of them I think I can talk about pretty freely. The other one I don't know if you guys have played the game, so I may want to refrain a little bit. So I'm going to start okay. with the one I think you guys at least will know. Kelsey will know. And that's it's got to be Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Great, yeah. Um, talk about an, just an interesting character that everything is on his terms, right? Mm-hmm. Even up to the end, everything is on his terms and you're going to do it. Things are going to be done his way period. And your character in that game to a degree is meant to be a fairly blank slate, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to be for the, the turns of that story to work. Um, you, they can't give you much information about who you are mm-hmm. um, for the, for the turn to happen. Mm. But that, that character you know, just leads you from the beginnings where it's very like you just see the statue up mm. front. Uh, you know, like no gods, yeah. only no men gods, only man. Yep. And then one yeah, of the best think, beginnings to any game ever. Yeah, and then you use like the TV broadcast from time to time. You start getting like yeah. little snippets up yeah. until like that meeting and that inflection point that happens, which is I don't know. I mean, that's so, one of so the good. most impactful um story beats to happen yeah i've wanted to replay that for the longest time and the the playcast guys had redone inf had done infinite um fairly recently and that kind of made me go back like oh man i'd love to to go back and do uh at least one and infinite like two is kind of like uh not super related uh even though minerva's den minerva's den is excellent if if so i think the the all-star would be one Minerva's Den, then Infinite, but man, yeah, it's uh, that's a, that's a good call with Ryan. Yeah, and the collection is on sale a lot, pretty yep. cheap. So there you go. Yep. 
I think it's been free on Epic. Um, so I think I have the collection there and I think it's on sale, like you said, fairly regularly and it's on most platforms. I think it's even on Switch, right? Probably. I, I, th- I think I think it is. I'll double check that while you keep going. Yeah. The other one is Logain from Dragon Age Origins. And I don't know if either of you played. Good call. It's, yeah, I played it's Origins. It's on my list to yeah. play. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Okay. I really, really don't want to ruin this for you, Kelsey, because I think you'll play it, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. Like, Bioware, you know, it gets, you played Mass Effect, it gets a lot of play for, like, choices. There is not one game of theirs, I think, that where the choices matter more than in Origins. I mean, you get a lot of agency, and it matters a lot what your choices are. And it changes the game and it changes relationships. And also I've said this before, I don't mean to hijack you, but in like a lot of the choices in like mass effect or like, what do you want to do? Do you want to save this person or do you want to kill them and their baby? And it's like, well, obviously like I'm not a monster. The choices in dragon age are like, here's two bad choices. Which ones do you want? You're like, Oh man, like neither of them. Like I put down the controller. I had to think about it. And the, and you have to make a decision based on what you think is best or whatever. And you could break relationships with people that you care about in the game forever. And it's, yeah, no, no game had more impactful choices of theirs than Dragon Age. Yeah, and it's not just like in Mass Effect where it's like, oh, I'm going to be a little on the darker side, so it makes me a little snarky and a little mean. I mean, no, you can just mess stuff up. Yeah. I mean, pretty rough. For people, I mean, so Logan is for a big chunk of the story, like the big bad, right? Mm-hmm. He's that antagonist that you're going after, um, and he's not a good guy. Like it just isn't, and mm-hmm. you do get to know him and his whys and why he's doing what he's doing, and then there's a big turning choice you've got and you can take a choice that is pretty impactful if you want to um, to the world yes (laughs) with with him and i'm gonna guess it's not a choice that many make but i played that game several times to see the different ways and i made that choice that Mm. makes everybody else go what the hell what what are you doing (laughs) right yeah and they're just like yeah i mean i it's crazy. So yeah. Logan is a great mm. character. And again, he's got his reasons. And he is not a good guy. Mm. Um, but again, the way you get to interact with him is a lot more interesting than your character. Which again, for those for a good yeah. reason for those games, you're kind of a blank slate. You yeah. have some things that you are pulled into as a part of the story. But like... I don't know. He's just a really well-written character, well-acted, and just plays into the story in some pretty huge ways. So, yeah. Yeah. I had such high hopes for the Dragon Age series after Origins. Two was one of my... I I don't know if we talked about before, but, you know, most anticipated games that disappointed because we try to keep things, you know, relatively positive. There's enough negativity out there. But, man, I was looking so forward to Dragon Age 2. And all the stuff I heard about it, like kind of when the review embargoes lifted, was like, uh, I don't, everyone wanted to like it. It was like, I don't know about this. Like, there's some things, but you're kind of, 
in the same place for a long time and then you leave and then you're back in that same place and it doesn't have the same kind of like impact. So uh, I've, I've still got hope that they're going to kind of like write that ship and maybe kind of <laughs> go back to kind of what worked. But I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of promising things, but that's a really, really good pick. Yeah. I'll, I'll move that up awesome. to the backlog a few uh, dozen yeah. games. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kelsey, it's a few runs out of RPGs. Like, Western RPGs, it's one of the best. Yep. Yeah, and it's and it's been a while. That's it's. I've talked about this a lot with like, oh, I'd like to go back and replay that. That's that's one that because I played it on 360, but I've heard that the console and PC games are night and day different because the console one was designed to work on a controller. The PC one plays like a PC RPG. So if I played it again, I'd probably play the PC one just to for the difference in kind of like how the combat goes and everything. So. And the we'll combat on, that. on consoles kind of janky a little. Yes. But, I mean, they but make it work. But it's they Exactly. It it's janky in the way that the combat in Mass Effect 1 is janky, which Ooh, I that's love. That's the best kind of janky. But it's, it's, like not, the, it's not a first-person shooter. It's not right, a first-person right. shooter. It's the, it's the best. It's like jank that's charming. It's not jank that, like, breaks everything apart, and you're yeah. like, what am I doing? Yeah. Right. I think of a, a, a computer RPG that has to be sandwiched onto a controller. Yep. So I mean, and you can do it. It's not bad. It's just kind of weird, yeah, uh, compared to what you're probably used to. Right. But once you figure it out, it works really well. Yeah, no complaints. So yeah, that's great. Um, awesome. So now that we've gotten to all three of us, my bad. Uh, now we can go on to uh, antagonists that you sympathize with uh, or wish you didn't have to fight because you agree with them. Uh, this time uh, we'll start with Kelsey again, and then we'll go to Chris. All right, so I only picked one for this one. Um, okay. Well, I might have another. We'll see. Uh, mine also involves some pretty heavy spoilers, though. So I'll tell you guys the game. I know one of you won't care. Um, so uh, Persona 5, uh, Bill, I know you played a bit of it, but I, I don't think you finished it. Is that right? No, yeah, and I, I probably won't be going back to it, but my kids uh, have seen it on Game Pass, and they're like, oh, let's try one of these Persona games. So uh, they might try it at some point, but you don't have to hold back on my account. Okay, so if you do care about Persona 5 spoilers, this is a, a huge one. It's like the spoiler from the game. <laughs> so please skip the next five minutes uh, if you're worried about that. Um. So there's a guy, I don't even know if you got to him yet, but there's a character named Goro Akechi. Did you get that far? Did you make Goro? I don't think no. so. Does he have four arms? He doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his whole thing is he's like a celebrity detective. Um, and so he's he kind of antagonizes your team by uh, calling you out because you're like the Phantom Thieves and they're getting this popularity by like solving these, uh, or revealing these terrible things about people. And he's like, well, they shouldn't have done this or they should have done it this way. And like, he, he's smarter than us. So he's trying to uh, diminish uh, what we've been doing. Um, he becomes a playable character later on because your your goals kind of uh, come together because the politician who's kind of been pulling all the strings behind everything and who's the game's prime antagonist uh, is Goro's dad. And his dad has kind of disowned him when he was a kid. And his dad is also the major cause of why his mother committed suicide when he was very young, like mm. around 10 or something. So Goro hates this man with a passion. 
He's been plotting his revenge for a decade, uh, how he's going to take him down. And he's built this persona of this celebrity detective um, to, to, to get love from people because his dad hates him. And so like, mm-hmm. I can, I can see where this guy's coming from. Um, and then as you're trying to take down the dad and you've got the ability to do it, he wants to be the one to do it. So he, he's part of your team for a while, but he betrays you at one point and you have to fight him. And it's kind of heart wrenching battle because mm-hmm. you're like, I kind of want him to win too, but we need to win mm-hmm. because we're, we're going to follow this through. We're not, sh- he's kind of unstable at this point. Not sure if he's uh, thinking straight. Um, so he was a really cool moment in that game. Uh, and, and it's one of those things too, where he has this twist and then they kind of show you uh, some flashbacks to things you've seen in the game and all of the breadcrumbs were there. You're like, oh my God, like I should have been paying closer attention and I would have seen this coming, but I didn't because I missed these like key dialogue moments or I just didn't analyze them like I should have. Um, so so Goro really uh, stands out to me in that game as just this really sympathetic uh, villain who infiltrates your team at one point like it's really really cool yeah no it's, it sounds it sounds like there's a lot going on there yeah yeah <laughs> is it all is it all laid out fairly straightforward or it's a lot of mystery and you have to kind of piece it together over time it like it's there if you if you are uh, more if you are more paying attention to the details than I was, you could catch it. Mm. Uh, there's, there's one mm. line in particular that's super obvious, almost to the point where you're like, did they screw up like writing the dialogue here? Cause that didn't make mm. sense. And then when you find about the twist, you're like, Oh, he just screwed up. Like that was the one moment that Goro mm. said something he shouldn't have said. He wasn't in his perfect persona. And, mm. and you could have caught him making that mistake. Uh, it's really neat. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So move on to Chris, uh, antagonist that you sympathize with or wish you didn't have to fight because you agree with them. And this one's, uh, this will be a little spoilery. Uh, I don't know how much right. it matters, but all right. Uh, all right. I'm going to talk about dark souls for a minute. So if you don't want spoilers for Boil a, away. a, a gotcha. old I, game, I thought it was uh, going to be donkey Kong again. Maybe <laughs> skip five minutes again, but anyway, <laughs> Um, you have to fight at a certain point. You have to fight Sif. Um, and so the story behind all of this is <clears throat> there was one of, Gwyn is like the big guy, right? And he's like the big bad, but he has these knights, the Knights of Gwyn, and one of them is Artorius. And you hear a lot in the story about this knight Artorius, Artorius the Abyss. He, he was the knight that conquered the Abyss which was this like infinite darkness and he, he could walk and cross the abyss and everything. And you kind of hear all this in the story. And if you just play the game straightforward, you get to a part where you have to do that too. You have to cross into the abyss. And so to do that, you need this Artorius's ring. Uh, and it's guarded by Sif and Sif is uh, this giant wolf uh, that was, Artorius's companion and kind of guardian and so you you just walk into this grave it's this grave site it's huge 
And then like this real short little cutscene plays where Sif the Great Wolf comes up over this and just like staring down at you and huge, right? And then um, you you have to fight Sif and I mean number one is beautiful wolf. He's guarding the grave of his master, right? Mm. Um, there's not no evil is there, right? Yeah. And it even gets really rough to the point where when he's almost dead, like he just will just limp and mm. like try to fight some, but is really not very good. at. And none of the other bosses really do that, right? They'll get harder or they'll get like multi-stages where it's tougher and tougher. Like at the yeah. end, you just feel like he's just limping and yeah. again, trying to do everything he can to just protect the grave of his master. And of course you have to slay him so you can get this ring. But what's even wilder is... Um, in the DLC zone, and if you play it in the order, what you do is you go back in time in the DLC, and in there you find Artorius alive still, and he's been taken over by the Abyss, and you have to kill him. And um, Sif is there as well, and you can help, not in the same fight, but you can help Sif like back in time. Because what the real story is... You go back in time. The real Artorius failed. He didn't make it, right? He didn't, he didn't conquer anything. It's you. You conquer Artorius, and then you're remembered as him because you go on to uh, slay Manus of the Abyss, and also you can free Sif back in time, and he, he will help you in the final battle with Manus, who's this primeval man evil. And if you do it in that order before you go to fight Sif, like when you go up and he pops up over the gravestone, you get like this different interaction where he recognizes you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he still recognizes that you have, you've got a fight, right? But it's like, there's that moment where he's kind of like, Oh wait, it's you. Um, and it's kind of plays out differently and you don't get it that same way the other way around. So it's, it's a, it's an amazing fight. Most people will remember. Yeah, it. it's very memorable. That's one of the big game. ones that stands out for me from that game for sure. Yeah, and so that and that's one where you just you don't feel good about any of it, but it, it has to be done. So, yep, that's my answer. Awesome. Yeah. No, this is kind of along the lines of 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 mine too. It's and it's crazy because like it's hard because you you need to have some spoilers in there because there's usually story that's the reason why why this happens so uh i've got spoilers as well um so not only would i be spoiling one game i'd be spoiling two games because the ending of one is related to the beginning of one (laughs) yeah but also uh one or two seasons of television (laughs) uh so we're going back to uh, the last of us um, so, uh, you can ruin it. I'm never going to play those games. All right. So it's the, it's the end of the first season of last of us, uh, television season, which is correlates to the end of the first game. Um, so if anyone doesn't want to hear spoilers for the last of us, uh, Kelsey, you good. Just I, skip this whole show. I have yeah. <laughs> the first joking. game. I do plan to play the okay. second one. So you said it just like okay. kind of leads into the second game. Yes, yes. So it's so I will only. I'll I'll do my very best to keep the later spoilers to uh, absolute minimum. Okay. But yes, yeah, so you know what happens at the end of the first game. Yeah. 
Yep. So anyone who doesn't want spoilers for The Last of Us Part 1 or this first season of television, uh, here's the warning. Come back in five. So Ab, uh, 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 Joel and Ellie have been you know, traveling to, uh, to try to find this Firefly medical uh, research facility to see if they can use her immunity uh, or uh, seeming immunity to uh, the the cordyceps infection to create uh, like a vaccine so they get to the hospital the um uh the the doctors are like kind of like researching looking at her and an old friend of joel's uh wakes him up and tells him they're gonna do what they can but it's it's like connected to her brain stem like she's she's not gonna survive uh, the operation but like she knew the risk this is what she wanted you know she knew this was a possibility type deal and Joel uh, they, they're kind of like bringing him to to be um, you know kind of subdued and like not like mess with anything and he can't let it happen so he escapes his captivity he finds the operating room where they're working on her. And he in the game, uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, so this is story wise what happens. So now we're in the game, and you're controlling Joel, and you're standing there, and there's Ellie on the operating uh, table, and there's the doctor who's like, oh, like what's going, like like what's going on here? You could stand there all day, right? You have to shoot that doctor, right? So here's the first example of like, I don't want to do that, right? Like I don't agree with this, right? But like like you said, like. You have to slay him, right? Like you got You need that ring. You got to keep the game going. So you kill this doctor. You know, but but Joel if you go back this, in time uh, first, you and the doctor have a moment before you <laughs> have to shoot him. <laughs> exactly. So so you shoot this doctor in the head, and then there's some other like kind of nurse and helpers in the room that like you. I don't think you have to kill. They just kind of like they hide on the floor or they leave, and you take Ellie and you're escaping. So now we're back to like a person playing this game. Now there's Firefly security coming in. There's people like running in, like you got to escape. I do not want to be shooting this people. I do not agree with what Joel is doing. This is selfish. Like it shouldn't be happening. I, I shouldn't be killing these people. So that's the first example of it. And then in the second game, so this is where I, I'll avoid any potential spoiler because this is a game you haven't played. And then the season of TV isn't coming out for two years, but it's going to be coming out. So, the doctor that Joel shoots has people, right? So they end up going after who they think is responsible for what has happened. And there are events that happen in this game where you take control of people in different factions. So most people don't totally agree with one faction or totally agree with the other. You kind of see where they're coming from. You understand why Joel is protecting Ellie. You understand why the person is like going after the person who shot like, you know, their their guy who was just a doctor trying to come up with a cure. So there's a lot of moments in that game that I won't get into details on because of spoilers where I think it's very unlikely that someone would be 100 percent cool with what they're doing throughout that entire game which is why like it's it's such like a, a like a gut-wrenching emotional uh, uh game to play especially towards the end where like you said chris there's a scene there in the uh your fight where the 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 dog is or dog or wolf you said his wolf his wolf is defending the grave of his master which is like an honorable thing to do there's a scene where there's one character who's been captured 
and kind of like put up on a post, like not like crucified, but like essentially like tied up to a post and like kind of left there to die. And they're just like emaciated. Like they're like, you see them and you're like, that, that can't be them. That can't be them. And then you get closer and you're like, that's them. And then you control a character who then has to like, they want you to like attack and kill this other character. And I'm standing there and I'm like, not, not going to do it. Right. So like, it's, it's, there's so many angles of this story that pull you in different directions, but this is one where I take the position that I think the fewest people take. I think most people sympathize with the characters from the first game because those are the ones you're invested in. Those are the ones you care about. Once you get to the second game, I tend to go the other way where I'm like, these people didn't do anything wrong. They're, you know, they're, they're defending like their people, their family. And I'm trying to be as vague as possible, but man, oh man, oh man, please, please, please play the last of us part two, because there is not another game story wise uh, that I can think of that, that hits this hard, which is no surprise why the, the, the TV show has been, uh, you know, fairly well received. And the story in two is not only like just better than the story in one it's so much bigger and more complicated you just need that um uh uh like foundation of the story in one to like get to two and what i really love about what they're doing with the show with two is they said that the the first game is the first season right they said the second game is more than a season's worth of tv which is the right decision because if they tried to put the entire second game into one season of TV, it would just be, it would fly by too quick. They wouldn't get the nuance. They wouldn't get the story, but, but yeah. So I hope I did a good enough job keeping it as spoiler free as possible. But, uh, and as, as we're talking about games that are, and as, as far as we're talking about games that are not terribly expensive to go get, I got my copy of last of us two for $10. So it's probably get it for, for that or less. Uh, and, uh, um, it's a PS4 with a PS5 upgrade. Uh, yeah. So, so um, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but like what you're describing, like one part sounds like the end of like that I Am Legend movie. Is it similar? I Yeah, I've seen the movie. It's been a little while. Um, I mean, it's like, it goes a different way, but it's not like, yeah, like yeah. this this person has a thing and yeah yeah it, it is it is similar uh it's a similar idea in that there is this like infection there's the there's a potential cure and but yeah it's I, i'll be honest it's been a while since i've seen i am legend and i know that there's like a bit of that you know like sacrifice towards the end and i think the movie's different than the source material so I'd have to go back and get refreshed on it, but yeah, it's, uh, I haven't thought about that in a while. So, but yeah, so I think we got through that one. Uh, still making fairly good time. Can, can so I throw we'll one back. more in that one then if we got, yeah, time? absolutely. Um, go for so it. you might know this one built, but, uh, Hades, um, the, oh. the final boss in that one is your dad and mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to protect you initially because he thinks if you find your mom, um, you're not gonna like what you find kind of thing. And mm. then I, I love that. I love him as an antagonist in that game because after you beat him the first time and, and you go find your mom, um, his relationship with you changes and you still have to keep going back to keep 
to having conversations with your mom because you only have these really short ones. And then after mm-hmm. a certain point uh, where that story kind of gets tied up, uh, you kind of have a stronger relationship with your father. So he's, st- he's still the antagonist because he controls hell and he doesn't need people escaping from hell. So your your role changes where you're like testing out the defenses of hell, basically trying to <laughs> get out. And he's still going to do everything he can to stop you because he wants to make sure it's a secure mm-hmm. place. So it's really cool how your relationship with the antagonist changes so drastically uh, during that, that game. Yeah, that's a good one. I, it's, it's funny. I... Uh, I don't think he listens to the show, so it's not going to matter. But my brother-in-law, um, I mentioned Hades to him and how good it was. And it was on Game Pass for a little bit. And he's like, oh, I don't have Game Pass anymore. So for one of his past like birthdays or Christmas or something, I grabbed him a physical copy of Hades. Um, figuring like, oh, this would be cool. You know, like... And he's got a uh, he's got a, a couple young kids, but there's probably evenings where he could you know sneak away and like play you know play in his office. So we're over there for my niece's birthday party last weekend, and my he's like, oh like let's the kids can play Xbox. We'll put him in my office here. So we bring him in there, and he's like, hey like here are all my games, and kind of pulls all the games out, and there's the copy of Hades sealed. And I was like, oh you haven't it's like oh I haven't had a chance to fire it up yet. I'm like, oh it's so good, man. You got to get to it. So. That's my reminder that I got to ask him, hey, did you crack open Hades yet this weekend? Do it. But yeah, Hades is fantastic. I think they've announced the, another one, but we don't have dates. That's if I right. Yeah, they correctly. did a trailer at like okay. a showcase three or four months ago and no no right. definite date yet. Yep, that'll be fun. All right, so hopefully this will lighten it up just slightly. Uh, antagonist faction that you wish you could join. And I'm wondering if we have any overlap here, but I think we got some some variety in the crowds. We'll see. All right, Kelsey, who are you becoming a member of? Uh, the same one I said I would become a member of when we did our Cyberpunk 2077 episode. I'm, I'm going to join the animals uh, from Cyberpunk because I just want to get huge awesome. and have some cool bionic implants and uh, consequences of that be damned. Yep, right, right up your alley. It's and I like and this is obviously it's a little bit lighter, but like uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting anyone to really take on like the morals of the group. I just thought it was. You know who you identify with, and I and yeah, I, I remember and, when you said and they're that. They're not and it still, all still holds terrible. True. They're just like a gang, so they yeah. just they they like to bodybuild. They like to underground fight. Like they're not like running yep. drugs and like you know child prostitution, and they're they're not like the worst gang around. Yeah. Like I feel like morally, yeah. I could find a niche in that gang and uh, be okay with right. myself. You you could probably even turn some bad apples right? to some pretty good citizens. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like there's they're future pirates. No, they're yeah. not geniuses either. So I don't think it would take a whole lot to persuade most of them. Oh, you think you yeah, you think you'd be uh uh a king among them. <laughs> <laughs> be like, guys, guys, I got new lifting shoes and they'd all be like, Whoa. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's it was a great answer before. It's a great answer still. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris. Um, who 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 who? What's your business card going to say on it next time we see you? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if I could tie this directly to one game, but I would join. I would like to join the Legion of Doom. <laughs> so, okay. You know, they're all. You know, they don't ever quite get it done, but that's a pretty good team they got going on. Yeah. There, right? <laughs> you, got a, you got a big bench that you can pull yeah. from. So. <laughs> 
you know, being a part of the Legion of Doom, get to get to cause some mayhem, you know, be hang out with some very interesting characters. So there you go. <laughs> Find kryptonite everywhere, mm-hmm. even though that shouldn't really yep. be possible. Yeah, <laughs> one of every color. All right, I, I like that. If uh, now, if if there was one person that I thought I might have overlap with, I thought it might be you, Chris. So you went another direction. So so we're gonna have three different answers. Uh, and again, I've been cheating this time. This is a little bit of a cheat because the movie impacts this decision as well. Um, but uh, I've always really, really been interested in Shadowloo. Oh, there uh, you go. I think it's just, and, and be, the movie just kind of put king. it over the edge. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, the symbol, the uh, iconography is is solid. Yeah. I think we got so, like a, a, a kind of a cross between just like physical toughness, mental, kind of supernatural. Like, where's the magic come from? No one knows. You know, like Psycho. there's a lot of... There's a lot of travel involved, you know, so like uh, just all sorts of uh, cool the things. World. And then <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just need to come up with your own gimmick. And, uh, exactly. Go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's I've always really, really enjoyed uh, Shadowloo. And then we, we, we talk about the movie a lot, um, which is a uh, I don't want to say guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about it. But it's uh, <laughs> just a it's pleasure. a thing that I like that people are like, oh, really? Yeah, it's just a pleasure. But yeah, yeah. You'll be sad to know that in Street Fighter Six, I think Shadowloo is is no more, at least well, so far. So then Street Fighter Six has no place in my heart. <laughs> hey, can you confirm? And this is a rumor that I read while researching Shadowloo. Is it is it a was it a pronunciation issue? It was supposed to be Shadow War, and then it was called Shadowloo because of. Uh, is that a true I, I thing? Don't or? Know that. I, okay, I don't I, know. It's it's it, when I was research it said like it says it like oh it surprised me because Street yeah. Fighter two that translation was all over the place yeah I mean they really butchered a lot yeah. of it so <laughs> nothing would surprise me at all yeah I didn't I didn't know if that was like common knowledge in the uh, in the the FGC but uh, but cool so I'm I'm in Shadowloo so if you guys need uh, a ride to uh, to the Bison Compound um, I got the uh, hovercraft on Wednesdays. So, um, and this, now we're going to get into a little bit of gameplay mechanics, which we haven't talked about too much. Uh, I'm curious about great antagonists with bad boss fights, um, or maybe just a boss fight that didn't, you know, live up to your expectations or wasn't what you, you know, kind of hoping for. Uh, so again, we'll start with Kelsey. Um, I'm going to pick one that's notoriously bad. Um, and that is the Joker at the end of Batman Arkham Asylum, who is amazing through that entire game and then they do like the most generic boring boss fight where they just make them huge here's some goons fight them Mm. punch them a couple times repeat it's real letdown because they're pretty interesting boss fights throughout most of the rest of that whole series and that one at the end of that game is just so boring and by the numbers and not something like joker's not a brawler like i don't know why they felt they needed to make him a brawler all of a sudden at the end there mm. but yeah it was i actually forget yeah i forget that you fight the joker in that game because it's Good. not a memorable fight yeah. at all that <laughs> makes the game better if you can forget yeah yeah it goes from 10 out of 10 to because... 11 out of 10 without that boss fight because man, some of those, like you said, the um, uh, the fight with Freeze, where he like remembers, yeah. um, and the fight with um, Scarecrow, where like, yeah, he's oh, big, but yeah. like, it makes sense because of the, the hallucinations, uh, yeah. the 
Yeah, what awesome, awesome stuff. But yeah, that's that's a good call. But I honestly, if you if you said to me, "Hey, remember the Joker fight in Batman?" I'd be like, "No, I I don't." It's still, because it was forgettable. Only weak part of that game. The whole rest of that game mm. is so solid, and then they just fell mm. on their face right at the very end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's that's a good one, as always. All right, Chris. Who do you got for us? Great, great antagonist, not a great boss fight. Yeah, I'm, this is going to be a, it sounds just like the one you just described, but this one's going to be Frank Fontaine, a.k.a. <laughs> oh, Atlas yeah. from Bioshock. I forgot about oh, that my. one, too. God, that was such a, like, he's a really cool character, and you get all this buildup, and no, 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 mm. I'm going to finally fight him, and he's just some, like, roided out, Goon. Big glowing dude, yeah, yeah running around like, the arena. Oh no, stab him and yank the atom out of him, and it's just oh yeah. my, it's like to build so well, and that game is so flawless in so many other ways, and just to get to that and go, oh my god, just this is yeah. so forgettable. Like you could, it would have been better just to have a cutscene where you like killed him or something, than yeah. have that fight. It's so underwhelming. Just yeah. man. Again, like you were talking about the last game, just just forget that ever happened, yeah. and somehow just Frank Fontaine dies. Just don't worry yeah. about it; he's dead. Game over. Yeah, jeez. Um, great, great, great answer. Uh, this brings us to my pick: Frank Fontaine Atlas oh, from Bioshock. <laughs> there you go. That is how. That is how underwhelming it is. Yeah. So so, and I'll tell you, one of the coolest voice only characters in Atlas. And the the you know spoilers for an old game here, but like the the trigger phrase that he's saying the whole game, the twist that's in that game, the the true identities uh, are revealed uh, that involve uh, this character, and I'm actually angry because I had like a, a fondness for Atlas, right? I love the voice. I love how he's there to help. I love just like all the things. And then like when his voice changes and he's like, the name's Frank. Like, I was like, dude, I'm so angry. Like, cause obviously like, oh yeah, I'm mad. You deceived me. I'm so angry. I feel like you took a person away from me that like doesn't exist. Right. So I'm already got this anger. I'm coming to this boss fight and it's generic glowy dude in an arena. You like just avoid them running at you. You do enough damage and then somehow he like magically gets sucked back to the machine back there. Okay, go over there and extract the go hit him with the syringe and you go up and you're like, just just hit him with the syringe. Okay, now do that four more times. Oh, it's going to change and it's going to no do that exact <laughs> thing like four more times. It's like, all right. So and it's yeah. even worse after you played through the whole thing and like like that burial at sea story mm. where you get to the end and like those horrible things he's doing oh. to Elizabeth at the end just makes yep. you hate that character so much more. And then, yeah, like it's just, Oh my God. Right. Just what a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, um, I feel like we made the right choice <laughs> since yeah. we both came up with that one. Uh, yeah. so we got one more, one more to end it and, uh, and we'll get, uh, everyone can all go home and take a nap. Um, so, uh, as I was kind of putting these lists together, I started realizing like, man, there's a whole bunch of kind of like 
those those tropes of uh, that you that you see uh, you know boss after boss. So I was just curious if any stick out to you guys that when you see one of these tropes or cliches, you're like, oh man, not this again. So uh, Kelsey, are there any tropes or cliches that you wish would stop happening with some of these uh, these uh, antagonists in the games you're playing? I, f- I feel like if you asked me this five years ago, I would have had a huge list of them. But I've, <laughs> I've kind of come around to a different way of thinking on it now where I mm. don't really ever want them to stop. I love these mm. things. Sometimes they can just feel really comfortable. Uh, like Dr. Mm. Wiley coming back and doing his thing every single time. I don't want that to change. Yeah. I want it to be the same. Yeah. Like there's something comforting about that campy, stupid character. Um, but also mm. they, they allow me to get comfortable with them and to feel like I know what's going to happen. And then every once in a while, someone will do a cool twist that I wasn't, I didn't see coming cause I, I'm falling for the mm. trope again. And then it yeah. just like catches me <laughs> off guard and it's really cool. Um, so I, yeah, I'm okay. People keep doing the same stuff. That's fine. Someone will surprise me at some point and make mm. all of those boring things yeah. leading up to it worthwhile. Yeah. Now that that's a cool way of thinking about it because we usually, when I'm sick of something, it's like, Oh, like I know where this is going. And then if they can kind of, pull the rug out and be like oh you thought that's where it was going right yeah that is that is cool so way to be optimistic i like that all right chris what do you think is there so in the next uh souls game that you play is there anything that you're like oh man they're doing this again are you cool (laughs) with all of it like uh like the cal man uh there's one thing i could probably do without and that is (laughs) antagonist becomes god at the end and you have to kill him That's right. my favorite. <laughs> like, man, I think we've seen it enough times every, a.k.a. every Final Fantasy game. Right? Surprise! Oh, what? The bad guy somehow became God by stealing something or getting something? Oh, never saw that happening, ever. Um, it's Man, it's beyond cliche at this yep. point in time. It's like, man, this horse... It's it's not even a corpse of a horse anymore, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just a pile of dirt that you're beating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I one other thing I jotted down real quick, which is kind of the idea of the cartoon bad guy that has no redeeming qualities. You know, like the ones that are yeah. just like ridiculously Kafka, like one one dimension. No, just one dimensional. Yeah, like not even interesting. Just mwahaha, right? I just want to kill yeah. people. Kafka. No, he's like insane. <laughs> That's his right? one dimension. Like, <laughs> no, he's but he's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm talking about the ones that are just no. I just like killing everything, and I'm just bad. Hundred percent pure yeah. evil. I bad. feel like you're still describing Kefka every time you try. No, he's he's. <laughs> No, I think he's just crazy. Yeah, that's his that's his one dimension. That. And he does become God <laughs> exactly. at some point. I'm not going to argue about that. So, but like then we turned awesome. right around and had the exact same thing in Final Fantasy VII, and everybody goes, oh, Sephiroth is so cool. No. Yeah. No, he's the same thing again. Ah, <laughs> oh, seven. Make it so stop. <laughs> Seven's so great. And this, what's funny is when we were doing the, the sixth episode, I kept kind of mentioning, it was like, yeah, like it reminded me of this in seven. And you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the same I'm like, thing. I'm like, it's still worry. cool. It's going to happen again. Cause yeah. you're like, oh, I like, I love and you, 12. And guess what happens yeah. at the end of 12? <laughs> yeah. The bad guy becomes God and you have to kill him. And you know why it was cool in seven for me is because I played seven first. <laughs> so it's the coolest for me. Yeah. That's how it works. We always remember our first time fun. Our first time Absolutely. defeating the evil man who turned into God. 
Yeah. So How about you? Are you going to wrap us up? Yeah, so I'll wrap it up. Uh, I, I will piggyback off of Kelsey's positivity, and I will put an asterisk on this one that I'm about to say and say, unless they can surprise me or do something fresh, because by all means, like, hit me. Uh, but the one that kind of like just irritates me and you can see it coming if the if you know if they kind of show their cards is the the mysterious boss like uh like ooh like we don't know like it's uh or like when they show you like oh like it's it's this guy and you're like the way that you're saying it I know it's not <laughs> and then towards the end they're like the boss switcheroo it's it's really this guy and you're like yeah like I knew like 30 hours ago just like tell me like what the actual boss is um, the one time where it kind of got me and there was a little bit of sympathy for it, I remember is Final Fantasy VIII, where you think the character they've presented, you know, like from the first marketing material for the game was the bad guy. And then as you start to play a little bit and get kind of through some story, you're like, I don't think that's actually what's going on. So it can happen where it's like, you know, like I, I sympathize and I'm like, oh, it's kind of pretty cool. But like. Uh, in Vanquish, uh, which I, was my like uh, backlog game that we played, um, it was it, it it was this kind of very kind of campy like government you know like action movie conspiracy like who's the bad guy oh it could be the president <laughs> or it could be the Russian ambassador or it could be this guy no it's actually the military guy like like whenever there's like a switcheroo <laughs> Lally, where la, it's la, like la, 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 la. no it's not them it's them it's them it's them like that you know <laughs> with the with the few exceptions where it's like oh that's interesting but like. Yeah, I, I normally don't like when we have like a mysterious bad guy or bad guy switcheroo. Like, oh, let me know from the like beginning. When you just get the the great ones, like did you get the shadowy outline and just like the the cigar. Like, yeah. that's all you get to see. <laughs> like is, like petting the, cigar. the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Claw is behind the whole thing. Right, you get you get some of those, and you're just like, really? What what about yeah, right, um, wasn't it Mega Man Four with Doctor Mister X? Did that, did that get you? You never yeah, saw it so coming? It's, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, you, you can't... You Wait, can't, what? You can't top perfection. <laughs> yeah, because it was like... Uh, I So I was not upset about it because it wasn't a good move. I was upset about it because, like, this game's not over. I got to, like, now beat, like, a bunch more Second uh, area. Fortress. Yeah, castle flip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my, my, my kids call it? Um, They call it... Uh, and this is probably something that's slang everywhere with eight and nine-year-olds. Uh, they do Uno reverse card. Oh, um, okay. Like, just in conversation. Like, uh, uh, be like, uh, like, hey, buddy, it's your turn to set the table. And he'll check the uh, calendar. And he's and he's like, no, like, it's it's his turn. And I'm like, oh, sorry, like, can't, it's your turn. Uno reverse card. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's called out Uno reverse card, like while playing games too, like where they give him the switcheroo. He's like, Uno reverse. Should just keep one in his back pocket so. to literally like slam down. <laughs> Honestly, like I should keep one and then like, we'll be like out of the flea market. He'll like lose his mind. Like Uno reverse card. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, yeah, I, I it's a uh, man, uh, Mega Man four. Uh, how, how do you beat it? Can't. So, so good. It's uh, it's literally twice as good as two because it is four. It's true. Not enough Yamatos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about wraps us up. I uh, very much appreciate uh, the two of you spending some time with me. It's always a blast. We are a little bit uh, uh, 
not behind schedule, but like it's been an, a, a little bit longer than our regular interval. So it's very good to get back chatting with you guys. Um, for uh, those listening who'd like to uh, jump in and chat with us in the Discord, um, we'd love to have you in there. So if you uh, pop over to patreon.com slash collectorcast, We'd love to get you in there. There's been uh, talk of some more Batman reading coming up. There's actual book reading going on in there. Yeah, People want to just talk uh, about the books they're reading. Zofar and I are reading through Snow Crash right now, which is a book that's been yep. on my radar for a while. Yeah, Neil Stevenson. I read this book maybe two years ago, and I was surprised. Uh, it's it's given credit for like predicting a lot of like ways that the internet actually operates like way before the internet was really a thing. I read this a couple decades ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been around for a long time. And, um, uh, there's a few scenes in it that are like, like that disturb me because I have like just some squeamish stuff with, as far as like some of that kind of stuff. But there's also like this really amazing, uh, segment that I, I don't know if you've gotten to yet. So I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, it's almost like like a posting at like a company about like using the restrooms or like company like property or something. And it's just I don't want to spoil it, but it's just kind of out of out of left field. And it's like a two or three page uh, 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 kind of like almost like a memo that like a company would like put up on the wall, hmm. like uh, regarding yeah, like break rooms yet. and restrooms and stuff. And I, I think it's a little bit later, but yeah, uh, it's it's great to see some sci-fi uh, going on in there. I'm still trying to make it through Heat Two, which uh, I got like halfway through, and then just uh, you know how I am, I I lose track of things, and then I have to like you know pick them back up. So just the other day, my oldest, uh, uh, we we weren't doing video games, and he's like, "Will you read with me?" And I was like, "I'll absolutely read with you." So he had like a Naruto or like a Dragon Ball. Um, uh, graphic novel and I had heat too and we sat in the bed together and we read for 40 minutes oh, it was great. awesome so yeah so yeah if you guys uh, anyone wants to join the discord we're just chatting they're chatting about general stuff memes games movies kind of the stuff you hear us chat about here uh, I'd love to have you in there appreciate everyone who's already in there um, and then uh, if you want to find me I'm not really doing too much on Twitter these days um, Instagram is kind of where I'm I'm hanging out so I'm Wild Bill 52 over there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, mostly posting uh, tattoo stuff, which I got one come. I got two coming up in the next two weeks. Um, I uh, have been going to some John Carpenter uh, features at the uh, local sci-fi uh, 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 local theater. Um, so we're going to be posting some stuff about some upcoming movies there. And uh, it's a few months away, but we got Retro World Expo in august so if anyone was planning on making the trek to hartford be great to see you and that's kind of my stuff uh so kelsey i know you mentioned before that you're very busy with many different projects but what what can you what updates can you give us and where can people find out about those updates from i'm you? really hoping and it, it's sounding like we're moving along well that next show we do i'll hopefully have a big book update i can just kind of lay everything out awesome. there and, and uh should be ready to launch around then from the sounds of it um, we were bottlenecked for quite a while, but things have been moving smoothly lately. And we're trying to put some finishing touches on, getting some really interesting people involved with the book uh, that I'm really eager to talk about. Mm. Um, but, you know, I need to confirm them first because I don't want to say like, oh, we got so-and-so and then, you know, falls through last minute. So <laughs> make sure it happens. But uh, lots of very exciting people. So even if only half of them like happen, it'll still be really cool. Mm. Awesome. 
And then, uh, uh, Chris, what what do you got going on? Where can people get your updates? Uh, just run the show page stuff. I'm <clears throat> not posting a ton, but hey, I'm over there. Um, at CollectorCast on Twitter. The There is a Facebook thing where I post the new shows when they're out. And then a Mastodon account where I also post new show stuff. Uh, that's usually it. Just uh, get stuff. Um, otherwise, catch me on the Discord. There you go. If anyone wants to play some Destiny, you know I'll show you the ropes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, we will see you guys all next time.